This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You are now locked into the latest edition of the Hayes Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RotoFanatic.com. Head to RotoFanatic.com and check out Phil Goyette's Climbing the Rookie Ladder, or better yet, how about the top 20 prospects for each team in the AL West, brought to you by Michael Richards. You got to stay up to date on everything fantasy baseball, and that's what we give you at RotoFanatic.com. It's episode 103. We got two people that know each other very well on today's edition. They used to do a podcast together. Now they've gone their separate ways, but they still think fondly of one another and hope to continue that relationship for many years to come. That's right, we've got Nathan Dockin and Van Lee, two former partners from the Nasty Cast coming in together to talk about fantasy baseball. With your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, we'll take a look at pitchers and the substance issue. Is Garrett Cole somebody to be concerned about? What about other pitchers? Should you panic and sell? Is the crackdown real? We're going to cover all that. Plus, name that runner-up fab in the game show that is sweeping the nation. And would you rather rest of season? It's going to be a doozy of an episode. And when shit hits the van, it's very possible the four of us will not make it out alive from today's show. Take it away, boys! You're now live the latest episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the greater Enrico Palazzo lore, if you will. Uh, I don't think that's ridiculous to say. It's P-A, not P-O. Two L's, two Z's, of course. Give me two, Utah. Give me two. And we've got a great show lined up today. We're presented by rotofanatic.com, and we've got two guests that are kick-ass, classic Rose from the old days when I was just a regular listener of Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Very excited to bring these guys in. But first, uh, my partner in crime, 
Christopher Deary, C. Deary1999 on Twitter. C. Deary, welcome back from your long weekend in the great northern lands of Michigan. I feel like it's been a long time since I potted. We'll see if uh, I can shake off some of the rust here. But Mike, thanks for repping the shirt today, the Ann Arbor Y. Leading some leagues over there. I know it well. Well, yeah, Deary knows a lot more than that. But, yeah, it's good to have you back. We had some great shows without you. I did the Fab Show by myself on Sunday. And I did a really cool show with David A. Meyer, who was a former rehab and medical coordinator with the St. Louis Cardinals on Monday. That was great. Go back and check that out. Seriously bookmark that. It's going to help you. But who cares about that? We've got two guys that have probably dedicated most of their lives to fantasy baseball, which means there's nothing else, and all they have is fantasy baseball. But... There's a little bit more to them. We're going to find out today what that is. If you've never listened to the show before, then you've never heard these guys because both of them have definitely been on this podcast at least once. But we decided to bring them on together as a kind of homage, a tribute to one of the finest groupings of podcasting we've ever had the pleasure of listening to. The Nasty Cast, which is still alive and well, but Nathan Dawkin has moved on from that. He's still writing a fan tracks where you can read his starting pitcher barometer and keep in touch with him. And do not ask him about the Minnesota Twins because Van Lee doesn't want to hear about it either. It's an old joke and Van does not like outdated humor. Please give it up for Van Lee and Nathan Dawkin. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Who's going to say hello first? Me. I got it. I got it first. Because I have a question to ask. I beat you you to it, Nate. It's. I'm just more used to it. You've been out of the loop for a little while, so I'm a little tougher. Does this mean, with me being on the show now twice, that I am in fact a part of the EPCU, the Enrico Palazzo Cinematic Universe? (laughs) (laughs) I leave that to better people than myself, Van. But uh, I think it's under consideration at the very least. If we get you on Phase Two, that's what I want to know. If we get you on a third time, you will then be a part of a trilogy. You will join Sarah (laughs) Sanchez, and we'll make a trophy for you. Perfect. Oh, dear. Okay, well, I would love to see a kind of blog kind of take off from that. But either way, we're going to talk fantasy baseball today with Nate and Van. They know a thing or two about a thing or two. They've been around. They've seen some things. They've done some stuff. And we're going to talk about pitchers and the substance issue. Crackdown. Garrett Cole having his scanners moment yesterday on television. And uh, a whole bunch of more stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Uh, including name that runner-up fab bid, the new game show that is sweeping the nation. People love this game. Van and Nate. Nate, have you ever played name that runner-up fab bid? Negative. This uh, this is going to be my first trip. Pop my cherry, baby. Hey! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, Van, I'm looking at the rundown, and I think you, uh, you've never played this game before because I think nope. you... Yeah. I must have messed it up. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> he gave away all the f- runner-up bids. <laughs> yeah. well, you, well, you, great you included research. spots to put my information on there so of course i'm going to put my information in. i'm a good guest yeah i said share a bid from this is what i said on the rundown literally share a bid from any league you are in this past week so yeah you've literally followed the rules what i <laughs> well, said if there's said anything is, i am it's a rule follower we all know that yeah that's uh, why people love you i mean you've really come to fame due to the fact that you're easygoing and you listen take orders you don't rock the boat and you don't think for yourself so you're very very you know homogeneous in that way i don't ignore what everyone else says at all not even remotely fun fact van yeah van never listened to a single word i ever said on the nasty cast (laughs) (laughs) come on at least three i i can remember you saying andrew simmons one time that's two words and i'm sure there's a third out there towards the end i even had to like me too i had to cue you for the Derek jeter drop I mean, that's how out of the loop you yeah. you're just 
looking up, I don't know, foot porn while I was talking or something. I don't know, whatever you're doing. That's right. That's 100% right. You nailed it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is a whole sideshow in itself. I love this, dude. We're lucky. This is uh, this is never an easy show. When you have four people all in one box, it's important that we all respect each other and we all raise our hands before we want to speak because otherwise the listeners and the community out here, the participants of this live stream and of the podcast version, they'll be in shambles and they'll probably give up on us. And then what is the point of doing this really if there's nobody here to really experience it? Hear yourself talk. That's how it works. I hear myself talk. Yeah, be first yeah, why I do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't forget, rotofanatic.com. It's a wonderful website. I dedicated my time and life to it over the last 18 months. and Well, 15 months. Sorry. That was a lie. But it's still a solid website. We got great, great articles coming out every weekend. Closing remarks from Mike Carter. Anybody know Mike Carter out there? Yeah, great dude. Con fellow this contributor at Fantrax. That's right. He's everywhere. And he does great work with the closing remarks. All 30 bullpens are covered every Sunday. And he takes your questions and will answer them in the article. He's a really sweet man. Loves to make fun of himself. And uh, he smokes cigars, which I have. I don't really think that's cool because I don't get cigar smoking personally. But I still think he's a great guy, nonetheless. And, of course, every Sunday... You get the infirmary report. Sad news. A lot of injuries this year. Uh, Van, what is the injury that has bummed you out the most this season? The one injury of all injuries. I mean, that's easy. It's Mike Trout. As an Angels fan, that's it's devastatingly annoying. Ironically enough, the Angels have played better without Mike Trout simply because Shohei Otani is better than Mike Trout, apparently. Uh, and uh, is it fair to say Kenta Maeda for you, Nathan, or would you like to go in a different direction? Uh, well, that one hurt doubly because even when he was healthy, he sucked. And I had just traded for him in the prestigious Dynasty Dynasty Baseball League prior to the season. So it's just a net negative. I was almost kind of relieved when he hit the IL. <laughs> so, Me too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just everything has been pain. Everybody on the Twins is hurt. Um, I have 17 people on the injured list in my 24-team league. Ask me how that's going because it's just zeros everywhere. There's no you can't even pick anybody up in that league. So I mean it's just brutal, brutal season so far. And Deary, give us your number one injury of 2021. Well, it's like a four pack here because they were all in the same league. Uh Key Brian Hayes, Bellinger, Trout, and Michael Brantley. Basically all together. Uh Bellinger right at the start of the season, Key Brian right at the start of the season. They both are finally back now, but as soon as they got back, Trout was out and Seems like Trout's going to be out till mid July now. Would you be more comfortable with Cabrian Hayes being hurt or him playing, <laughs> hitting home runs and not getting home runs because he didn't step on the base? <laughs> That's yeah. right. That happened the other night. If you get the notification, home run with Cabrian Hayes. Two minutes later, home run negated. <laughs> huh. Oh, of course, we got the live stream here. You guys are all welcome to participate, and you usually do that. Jasper says, good evening, fellas. Hey, there's Deary. Yes, Deary's back from the dead. Welcome. There he is. Look, at that's him waving. Uh, Luke Horlbeck checking in. Look at that, Deary. How about that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Luke loves feet. Gotta love feet. I don't... Feet, feet and onions. <laughs> that's some dumb shit. You just described my weekends right there. <laughs> oh, stinky. Uh, Brian K. Rosman, the go-to... You are... He is the Palazzo participant of all participants. Tooth pulled three hours ago, and I'm here. Now, that is dedication, and I'm going to give it up for you, my friend. Well done. Applause. You definitely deserve it. And then uh, I said, look at that. I said that. What's up, guys? That's me saying that. Isn't that cool? 
the last guy who had the tooth pulled, the good news is, is he's going to love whatever we do because the medication they gave him makes you just like everything. So great. I, I'm going to be his favorite guest and Nate's going to be his second favorite guest or one. Yeah, a. I'm just, let's, go, let's go aces. One A, one B. I'm going to hang up some Christmas lights and like just do some strobe stuff in the background. <laughs> He'll just be entertained. The best podcast he's ever seen or watched. Actually, as long as I'm talking, by the way, Van, do you recall back when I made a guest appearance on the Nasty Cast, my former podcast, we were talking about how many strikeouts Shohei Otani would had would have hitting versus pitching. Which one would be more? By That's the right, is the which is more? Yes. Uh, what did you say? What did you prefer? Well, because it's I probably asked it, wrong. I asked it to you, and you, That's right. I believe, went with hitting, which is correct. But it's close. It's I looked it up really the other night, close. and it was it was sixty-seven to sixty the last time I looked. He's it's so just fa- fascinating what he's doing. I love mm-hmm. him so much. Who doesn't love Shohei Otani? It's been a dream come true, especially when you're in a keeper league and you decide not to keep the hitter version of him and you oh. keep Matt Chapman or Luke Voigt instead. Well, see, you should not have been on Yahoo or whatever uh, uh, provider it is that allows you to have the split ones. Just have one player. Come on. Who said it was me? Who said it was me? I didn't say okay. it was me. Fair enough. Good point. It was me. It definitely was me. Yes. I also, I told this, I said this on, uh, <clears throat> God damn it, the operating room last night. <laughs> Uh, Kev, our new pal. You guys know the operating room with Kev Maserjan. Great guy. Sure. I'd have He's to cool. see the name. It's not ringing a bell, but that doesn't mean anything because, as we've established, nothing works up here. It's all in and out immediately. It's all in the man bun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It stores right here, which I cut off about six inches yesterday because it made me angry. And uh, I still have a lot of hair. You wouldn't like Van when he's angry with the shorter man bun. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, though. Kev and I were talking last night on his Operating Room podcast, uh, which you can also hear the version of our show, Plaza Podcast. Kev was on about uh, 10 days ago or so. And I told him on the air, and Deary's heard this three times at least, that I kept Kenta Maeda over Corbin Burns. So. I've heard it seven times. Whoa. <laughs> it's rough, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know how to go forward here. And the only way to go forward is to show you guys this. Rob Deere! That's a random comment. <laughs> Morgan's checking in. <laughs> Rob Deere! It needed to be said. Stay on. But... G- give us some more gems, Morgan. <laughs> Do you? Uh, me and Deary definitely remember Rob Deere from our Tigers Day. You guys remember Rob Deere? Oh, certainly. Reliever, right? Or no, I'm thinking of Rob. Uh, anyway, no, I don't You're remember. Rob Nen? Rob Nen is who I'm thinking of, yes. Rob Deere. I can see he was a hitter. Strikeout I don't remember him at all, so he must not have done a whole lot. Milwaukee, Detroit. It was home run strikeout. Mm. Yep. Three three true outcome before it was cool. <laughs> him, and, uh, him and Incavilia were the pride of the 91 Tigers. <laughs> In 91, Rob Deere hit 179 in a real season. Not like 100 games. At least 125 home, how games. Home, how many home runs that year? 28? 25. 25, okay. Yeah, it was, how do you, back in 1991, hit 179? You can hit 179 now, and people are like, yeah. okay, you're pretty bad. Maybe you're Joey, Joey Galloing it. But back then, that is the equivalent of hitting 100 today. Wow, <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, Patrick Wisdom's been really good. Uh, this is instant analysis. We'll probably talk about Patrick shortly, so I'm going to table that for our... What is that segment called? That segment where I press the button and something happens. Uh, Jaybird says, Sup all! Time for Mize and Gomber to dominate. Well, I got to tell you, Casey Mize might be the third best of the triumvirate in Detroit. When I mean triumvirate, I include Manning, 
Mize, and Scooble. And Scooble has taken off to a next level. Dominated, went head-to-head against Giolito last Saturday, struck out 11. Uh, Nate, how high is Scooble on your SP barometer right now? He just debuted because I, I he was on the list earlier in the year, and then he fell off because he was uh, you know not doing so well. And then he came around so hard and fast that he, like I basically, I should have had him on the list at least within the top 100 um, a week or two ago. But so he debuted at 53 or re-debuted, I guess. He jumped back on the list at 53 this past week because uh, of his uh, strikeout prowess. You know, uh, dropping that, that uh, splitter, bringing back the changeup has been incredible for him. And he is just rolling right now. I don't know if he's necessarily going to keep it up this well for the rest of the year, but. Um, I, I do imagine he's going to be a lot more stable than he was to this point. Yes. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this about Terry Scoobal. He's a great starting pitcher, but... You're a lousy fucking softball player! I've heard he's not very good at playing softball. So It's but a whole different cares? game, man. Baseball versus yeah. softball. You think it's the same, it's not. Way different. Truly. It's an old man's game. It's, it's for old men hitting it just over <laughs> the infield and getting single after single after single after single. Um... I made my softball debut, Deary, after six, seven years out of the game, Sunday. I, you played? I, I played. I'm back, where, everybody. Where, 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 where? With who? You left your house? I'm so confused. All, the, all this information coming at once. I know. It was my return to society. It actually was my unofficial slash official return to society. It was a lot of fun. It was hotter than fuck. It was 92 degrees. It was brutal. No clouds. But we played on Belle Isle. We play all of our games basically on Belle Isle, dude. It's called the D- Detroit Neighborhood Area Softball League, and it's very exciting to be back. So. Oh, you're playing with Luke? Yeah, Luke hit two home runs, like true home did. runs. Yeah, yeah he's, he's very good. You play second base? Oh no, dude! My you know my infield days are over. I'm. Oh, uh, you gonna play right field? Yeah, I got. Oh, here, here's oh, the real question. In right field? Oh no! Here's the real a question. Sign. Did you bat right or left-handed? <laughs> well, I came out. Uh, I'm an idiot because the wind was like intensely blowing out to left field. For some reason, I decided to hit from the left side, though, for the first two times, and they were both disasters. And then I came back to the right side, and I hit much better. I actually cranked one. I got, I got a good chunk on a couple, but they both went foul. Foul ball. I'm still amazed that you're a switch hitter. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by this. Anybody can be in softball, though, can't you? Like I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't swing a bat left-handed. I would be no. miserable at it. It's that, for whatever reason, there's no coordination to that. Hmm. Well, I'm even ambidextrous, and I there's no way I can swing a bat left-handed. That means he can drink a beer with his right <laughs> hand, or he can drink a beer with his left hand. He's equally good at it. He can do them at the same time, right. too. It's amazing. He can do this I've at the same it. time, too. Yeah. You can do a lot of things. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, you see, if you on the podcast version, you do get the benefit of additional music that we don't play on the YouTube stream. But if you're not seeing some things, you're missing a couple. You know, it's pros and cons both ways, I guess. Jasper says he's chilling with two L's, two Z's. Docking, how's it going? Great band, of course. That's an old joke that Nate's heard a lot, but, you know, it never gets old. LOL, couldn't help myself. Van Lee, how goes it? So, Nate, why don't you go first? How are you? It it goes well. I'm just breaking the chains around me, you know. Sorry, all. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but it is blazing hot in this room for me. I forgot to turn my little air conditioning unit on, so it's like 85 in here. I'm not sweating yet, but you will see sweat pouring down my face before before we get through with this show 
I think oh. the man bun is, is it like gremlin rules with your hair band if it starts like multiplying or is it that if, if you feed it after midnight? I can't remember <laughs> how it goes exactly, but. Well, that's exactly it. You can feed it anytime before midnight, but once you feed it after midnight, it puts on a dress. It, it goes around <laughs> and parades across the town. What even happened in that movie? I know I've watched Gremlins, but it's been 20 years. So what is that even going on? You haven't watched Gremlins in 20 years? No, I can't <laughs> yeah, imagine. It's a Christmas staple. Oh really? No, a Christmas no. staple. Okay. <laughs> no. I like it. I appreciate I approve of this, the wackiness of it all. No. No, I, I'm with you, Van. I hadn't seen that I think I haven't seen the movie in like 30 years. It came out in 84, and by the time I was 12, 13, I just never saw it again. So you're right. I've not seen it as a staple. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I haven't seen that. But Gremlins 2, on the other hand, is a worldwide <laughs> celebrated success. And I watch Gremlins 2 at least twice a week. Yes, on my Cinema 9 podcast, we just examined the uh, incontricities. Oh, I just blew that. It's over. Who cares? Incontricities? <laughs> That's not a word. It Shit. should be. Get Webster Whatever, on motherfucker! Get <laughs> Webster. Oh, wait, wait. I want this to be clear. Whatever, motherfucker! There we go. Yeah, that's I deserve that. That was for me. And then, uh, real quickly, I didn't give you a chance to say, you know, Van, you do pods. The Launch Angle, one of the finest, most popular pods in all of fantasy baseball with Rob and Jeff. So... People should know that if they don't know that for some reason. but That's right. So, yes, uh, well, I'll tell you my podcast, and I have actually uh, something I want to let you guys hear. I do the Launch Angle podcast with Rob Silver and Jeff Zimmerman. We talk fantasy baseball traditionally from an NFBC perspective. And then we also do, of course, the Nasty Cast, which you mentioned, which is more redraft-centric. The Dynasty Baseball Show, which is Dynasty Baseball-centric. Oh, I'm such a dick. But it happens. It's not right. It's fine. I've been but on that show. No, that's not acceptable. That is not acceptable. <laughs> Well, the thing I want to talk about today is I've started a new project. It's called the BoobTube Boys. And what that is is a couple of friends and I go back and we watch old television shows and see how it holds up under today's microscope. Now, the I brought you a clip I want you to hear very briefly. It's about 20 seconds long of an episode, and it's actually a recent episode that I just released this week where we watched the 1990s sword and sandals show Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Do you guys remember that show? Uh, Kevin, what's his name? Kevin Sorbo. Oh, yes. boy, we have a lot to say about him. He's, he's a character. So anyway, uh, to set this up briefly, the show we watched, we, we take an episode, we watch it, and then we go through the plot, and we also discuss the show as a whole. The episode of the show we watched is called Centaur Mentor Journey. And yes, that is as hard to say as you would think it would be. And essentially, Hercules' mentor, who's a centaur, obviously, is dying, and he has another centaur prodigy who is a little more radical He's fighting for centaur rights. There's a whole to do with that. However, on the show, we discuss a fight scene between Hercules and the centaurs, and I'd like you to listen in about a little bit of facts about it. One final thing to mention here is about these centaur fights is occasionally mixed in amongst all the grunts and fight noises, they toss in some horse sounds. Yeah, but I think it's the humans doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a little clip of what you can experience on the BooTube Boys. Check us out. We're on Twitter at BooTube Boys, uh, available on whatever podcasting app it may be. It's not baseball related, although we do make baseball jokes periodically. So check out my baseball shows or that new show if you want to hear about centaurs. It's not baseball related. No, sadly. Oh, that's awesome. That was that was funny. That's at boob tube boys. Is that O Y S? Not Z. You want to be cool if you put the Z on there. So. No, it's an S. We decided we didn't want to be too wild. You know, we didn't want to scare people away with our, how extreme we were. You know, E X T R E M E. So we stuck with just the S. 
Let awesome. us know when you do a show about Belvedere and Mike will go on. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll write a note. Belvedere. I don't think I've heard of that one. I'll have to look it up. When I first moved here, I blew Mr. Belvedere. Oh, These things happen. So. Oh, my. I mean, hey, the guy's just being honest. You know, he's a sexual man. He's a sexual being, like centaurs, which are very powerful beings. Uh, all right, so, Jesus, good Lord. Oh, we got shit to do. Uh, let me fire up the Bozo Belvedere music to pay tribute and say thank you. Our housekeeping music, Mr. Belvedere, cleaning the house. Isn't this beautiful? Can you hear it? Streaks on the china never mattered before. So dumb. It's so 80s dumb. You gotta love it. Uh, I wanted to say uh, thanks to everybody who's keeping it up on the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Me and Deary are still shit in the bed, and uh, but there's nothing else to say, really. We're failures, and I apologize for that. Deary, it's just how it goes, right? I'm a loser. Yeah, that's fine. We, we decided to create our own Palazzo Podcast Invitational, which is 60 individual teams, NFBC draft champion style so you get what you get 50 rounds do or die and we're not doing well we're not holding up but that doesn't mean that it you know it has to go that way we're just it's not over yet i'm just gonna say that it's not over yet and we're also still looking for ideas for the trophy we need that big ass trophy it doesn't have to be big big ass it could be medium sized we're just trying to make it big powerful and something to really appreciate so if you got those trophy ideas, please send them in. Plaza Podcast or ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast, our Twitter, two L's, two Z's. DM us. DM Deary at CDeary1999. DM me at MJ Govier, G O V is in Victor I E R. Um, Nathan, any ideas for a trophy? <coughs> nah, not a good one that you want to give to someone who has done well in an event of any kind. We've recently <laughs> introduced so this is a longtime fantasy football league that I have. We have. Um, a, you know, the championship trophy, which we call the Shiva after the league on FX. Um, but we, we've also uh, titled the loser trophy, the Spidey, uh, which is the Spidey ball. So this guy, the story goes, this guy back in college used to walk around just in his tidy whiteys, all drunk with a little Spider-Man hanging out the front of his underwear. So in honor of that, we call it the Spidey ball. So we might get a little Spider-Man trophy. There are also far more obscene trophies that we have also considered. So. But yeah, I have no good suggestions to give you. And the hits just keep on coming. That is great. That's some good stuff there. Van, any ideas? I mean, I think you nailed it earlier when you said you want a medium ass trophy. So just make it an ass, but a medium ass, not a whole big ass, just a medium one. You don't want to be too gaudy with it. Make it a mold of your literal ass. You can have that done. (laughs) Go in and do it. Genius, genius, genius. Is that a uh, tribute to Ass, the Academy Award winning movie from 25, 25, 20, I think it was? Uh, Glenn Close was amazing in Ass. I, I was impressed with her performance. <laughs> it was so good. To sit there for 90 minutes and just have a bare ass. I don't know how she did it, but it was impressive. I'll tell you that. Okay. And uh, Nate, we talked to, I briefly mentioned your SP barometer, but is there anything else you want to pump, man? Pump it up. Share with people what you're up to and what they need to know about you so that you could be more well-known and then be, you know, more full of yourself. Yeah. I I don't need any more full of myself, be any more full of myself. Yeah, that's for sure. No, that's really all I'm doing right now. I'm not in the podcast game. I'm just, you know, crashing down people's parties like this once in a while as a, doing a little guest spot. But yeah, you can find my work at Fantrax HQ, pumping out the SP, par- the SP par- barometer. SP stands for starting pitchers, of course. Top 100 starting pitchers every week at Fantrax HQ. And I have a lot of fun writing that. So uh, please go read it. Check it out. I try to make it entertaining. 
people seem to like it. And I mean, you might like you've it been too. doing the barometer for years now, so you've, you've got a grasp on it. So I would say that uh, you, you know what you're doing when it comes to those starting pitchers. Totally, for that's, sure. D- judging by the comments that I get on Twitter, that's not accurate at all. But I try. can't pay attention to those. Come on. That is shocking. Shocking news. I'm not <laughs> buying that. All right, well. I think we've covered enough of the bullshit. Why don't we get into some baseball? And we'll do it with leading off. In today's leading off segment, it's real simple. We like to pay tribute to players that have done well and deserve to have a spotlight shined upon them. And uh, you might be surprised, but there's a lot of catchers that are making noise right now. In fact, over the last five, six days, we had multi-home run outings, at least on, I'm talking back-to-back, not necessarily double-dong days, but uh, (laughs) those double-dong days, you know how that goes. James McCann, Omar Narvaez, Max Stasi, Eric Haas of our Tigers, unreal. Go Tigers! There has been a rash of catcher dominance, in a sense here, so I think we, we should pay tribute to catchers right now and uh van i'll go to you first catchers what do they mean to you catchers are a tricky endeavor because more often than not you could screw yourself over so hard with a catcher so this is your prime time to get the right catcher you get an eric haas you get a max stasi whoever is out there and performing cycle through that roster i mean it's great to have the jt real mutos of the world but uh, I don't want to pay the price for that, so I'm totally happy just cycling through the spot. And, in fact, in one league, somebody actually cut Will Smith after he struggled early on in the season. So I said, okay, I'll take that. I think I put in a $100 bid or something like that. Got him, and now I don't have to worry about it. But for the most part, cycle through. Uh, Max Stasi again, you mentioned his name. He's been on fire lately. I watched a bunch of Angels games over the weekend, and he looks good. So I, I buy what he's doing. I believe what he's doing, and I think that's definitely a nice target if he's still out there for some reason. Are you insane? I agree with I I don't agree with that old man. I agree with you. Max Stasi was hurt and he finally came off the concussion protocol. He had the hip thing too. And if he's gonna be healthy, it looks like he's gonna get a the what do they say? The uh bulk. Yes, the bulk of the starts. People are worried about Kurt Suzuki sneaking in there, but I wouldn't uh, worry about that. Uh Deary, what about you? How are you scared? Catchers? It's, happy, been, it's, it's been streaming catchers all year. I mean, I, let's do a list here. Jan Gomes, uh, Jacob Stallings, Mejia. <laughs> poor bastard. Mejia McCann. Right now it's the Tyler Stevenson train. Stassi is available. It's probably worth a pickup here. He's nine for his last 19, a couple home runs. He's batting fifth tonight as well. So great job by Van pointing out Stassi. But it's been streaming all year. I didn't go after uh, catchers early. I, I drafted McCann in a lot of leagues, and he was pretty much a letdown for the first like month and a half. But He's been batting in the middle of the Mets order because their offense has been absolute shit and everyone's injured. So, uh, I mean, I might get back on that McCain train again. And, uh, Nate, we didn't even mention Ryan Jeffers, who's taking over for Mitch Garver and looking pretty damn well himself. Well, he wasn't looking very well before he was demoted to the minor leagues, that's for sure. So hopefully he righted the ship a little bit there. Um, Yeah, it's sad with Garver as well, but, I mean... Pretty much everything the Twins have done this year has just turned to crap. So, fortunately, I actually I have a lot of draft and hold shares of Stasi, so that's working out well for me so far. Even if you know he's not going to hold that batting average, but um, you know it's the, my dude for the year is doing pretty well so far. Old man Yadi Molina, so I was I was in on him as well this year. 
But it's surprising me still how well Salvador Perez has done. 14 bombs already of 40 RBI. My God. I was talking about how overdrafted he was this year. And me he too. Making me look like a damn fool. So good yes. on him. Yeah, we look like idiots, don't we, Nate? I was like, come on, this draft price is too high. But he's going next level, and he's like 31 now. 32, maybe? 30. He's not young, but he's not dead either. No, and he, I mean, he was a guy who, you know, the people don't know, but he he was like a longtime dude for me. Uh, I always loved his draft value. And then last year, you know, he hit like 300 with 20 bombs in the short season or whatever ridiculous numbers it was. And he was getting drafted way too high. So, I mean, I like him in a, in a vacuum, but I just didn't like his ADP this year. But he's been coming through big time for those who did, did draft him. Well, Chad Sample wants to know, guys, this is a random question, so you got to be on your toes. We do get these live stream comments. Is it time to press the panic button on Aaron Nola? Seems like he's struggling a bit. Uh, Nate, I'd like to go back to you first since you're kind of our SP buddy here. What do you think of this? Sure, yeah, no, it's uh, no way. I mean, Aaron Nola is an ace. He's had a bit of a rough go in terms of, like, scheduling has been pretty rough, you know, at Toronto uh boston atlanta recently at cincinnati's like there's some there's some tough matchups in there there's gonna be better days ahead um his his numbers are a little bit inflated you know he's been a little bit unlucky you look at his let's see what's his era right now 406 yeah, everything else is like right around that three five marker better he's still getting you a ton of strikeouts there's nothing really wrong with Aaron Nola. it's just been a tough go so far so I would definitely stick with him i even try to buy low on Aaron Nola. a lot of people might be sick of him right now not pulling through his race I'll second that notion. I mean, all the ERA metrics say three and a half ERA, and that even might be a tad inflated for what his true potential could be. However, what I will say is I didn't buy the strikeouts last year. He bumped way up for what he was doing. He's kind of back down to doing closer to what he had been doing. So to say, you know, he's a surefire ace, I might take a little bit of umbrage with that. I think he's maybe a two but he's still an excellent pitcher in a day and age where it's hard to find pitchers. So no, no reason to cut bait at this point. I just don't think we'll see the strikeouts like we saw in that abbreviated 2020. Dr. Deary reporting. Yeah. I mean, Babip's a little high, so he has gotten a little unlucky. What I really like about Nola is he's going to be one of those guys that's going to get close to 200 innings in 2018 and 2019. He had 200 innings, 71 innings last year. He's at 75 right now. And Nate made a great point about the schedule, Atlanta twice, Cincinnati, Toronto strikeouts have been there. Uh, he's just given up a little too many hits and, you know, uh, I think he's four and four right now. I'm not worried. I think he comes out and has a really good July and, uh, the rest of June. And I think he's a guy you could probably go out and buy right now. Uh, and the Phillies are going to try to get in this race in the East that just has kind of been a mess right now. So I'd, I'd buy low on Nola right now. He's probably projecting at like a three or a four. I think he's probably uh, SP two right now, uh, on the real. So I, I would go out and grab Nola cause I think I, I believe in him for sure. Unbelievable. Wow. Aaron Nola, amazing or not. By the way, Chaz Sample, he's doing his own basketball podcast. I want you guys to check it out. Uh, Mismatch Sports. Check it out on Twitter. Check out Chaz Sample. He's a young man doing some fine work. He supported our show a lot, and I'd like to support people who support us. I think that's, you know, the peeping help, the people and the thing, the people helping. Yeah, it's good stuff. So Apparently, Nate disagrees. He just abandoned us. Oh, he came back. He's like, I don't How want to do the basketball business. Yeah, Nate, Nate's not a basketball guy. so well, Maybe he is, actually. I don't even know. I know he's a football guy as well. Mm, I don't he's think a... he's that much into basketball. Well, you've never gone one-on-one with him, have you? No, sadly not. He lives way up there in the middle of nowhere near the mountains. So, no, sadly <laughs> have not. 
<laughs> oh, well, you, you got to head for the mountains. You should probably, you know. Head for the mountains of Bush delicious delicious yummy no one has ever said delicious at bush beer come on (laughs) some asshole on twitter the other day he's a fantasy baseball guy i can't remember exactly who it was though so they're gonna get off the hook but it did happen he put a picture of bush on twitter bush light to be specific and said this is fantastic no one's buying that (laughs) that's a joke right he's getting money from bush is what that is <laughs> Bush is getting into the fantasy baseball game. That's interesting. Apparently, well, they were NASCAR <laughs> sponsors forever, right? That's true. They were. That's uh, something that did happen. Uh, so yeah, Aaron Nola. Good luck with that. Uh, he's fine. He's a legend. He's going to be amazing. Everyone loves him. Don't get bummed out. Don't get too sad. Stay true to the to your concept. If you have a plan, I think you should stick with it. As Jasper says, most are in a funk of some sort. You know, trade or free agent wire. Uh, well, there's. I don't. Is that in? A NOLA response? I don't know what uh, that means. I'm sorry. But yeah, some of these are earlier. Jasper says, got Jeffers off free agency Monday evening and Coar, but didn't start him. Yeah, Jackson Coar shit the bed in his debut yesterday. Or Monday, sorry. Today's Wednesday. I forgot what day it was. Is it Coar? Does anyone have a different uh, pronunciation? Like Kawar? I've said Kawar. I've said Coar, but no one ever turns to me for pronunciation. So I, I have no true guess, but I, I imagine we're in the ballpark. We do have a good friend of the show, Baseball Pods himself, Chris Mars Pronunciation Guide, which he gave to me. Very nice of him to do so. So I'm going to look that up. But in the meantime, uh, Jackson Coward, dearie, are you excited or are you going to wait it out? Because he was very, is a very highly touted pitcher for the Royals. How many wild pitches or hits, bat, hits, hit batters did he have the other night? Was it bad? I didn't actually get that stat. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see it. I just saw it on Twitter that he wasn't. He was kind of all over the place. I mean, it's the guy's first start. You got to give him some time. I mean, I, I wasn't buying into it. A lot of people are going out and scooping him up. I didn't. I mean, you're going to have to wait on him. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to give you any fancy value. But, you know, people get excited about, about guys when they come up like this. Alec Manoa was very similar. You just never really know what you're going to get when it's your first time in the show. So the guy's... Honestly, like the guy is, he's uber talented. So he, he certainly has something and it's the reason they brought him up. But I mean, I don't think you're really going after him right now in, in fantasy leagues for, for him to help you. Deary, these massage jokes, you missed a couple while you were gone. They just keep going on. I don't know. Ryan's the guy. Ryan's being trolled, uh, man. <laughs> it's sweet, though. Now, good massage sounds great, doesn't it, Nate? Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, give me your address, Deary. I got a massage once downtown for Christina and I's man anniversary, and I almost passed out. She was like just digging into me so hard. And I was like, Ugh. my wife's just laughing at me. Make sure if you get a massage, drink a lot of water. You get extremely dehydrated during that. Like I got up and I almost passed out afterwards. The other thing, too, is after if you have drank the water, because you'll be so relaxed, when you go to the bathroom afterwards, it's like 10 minutes after a good <laughs> massage. It's You're cleared out. But what I will say is I would love that massage. I like the violent ones. And I, I remember I went into a couple's massage with an ex-girlfriend, and the, the two girls lined up to <laughs> massage us. <laughs> <laughs> and they the were like, girls who, lined up. who wants the rough massage? And I'm like, oh, I'll take it. And my girlfriend said she did too. It was too much for her. For me, it wasn't even enough. And this girl had some crazy strong hands. So I like a nice, rigid, hard massage. It has to hurt and make me feel bad. That's when I like it. You're listening to the masseuse and the deuce. It's a combination baseball slash massage. 
Uh, okay, let's so let's get back on track here. I by the way, I put the pronunciation properly in the comments. There it is. Thanks to Chris Mars pronunciation guide. Kowar. Kowar. Interesting. Kowar. Got it. Yeah, I was grateful that uh, in my SP barometer this past week, I said I recommended taking a wait and see approach. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully uh, everybody that read that did not start Kowar because yeah, it was that was a rough debut. Isn't that the general approach for you, Nate, with all like prospects in their debut? Because you never really know first time out. You kind of like to see it, even if they're super, super highly touted. I will make an exception if it's a, a super highly touted uh, prospect. You know, like if I had any Alec Manoa shares, um, I, w- I would have rolled him out. Of course, uh, he's on the mound again tonight. I don't know what he's doing. But, uh, you know, his second start is what could have happened in the first start. But, yeah, you never know. I mean, you get these guys that's their MLB debut, and they're all amped up, and, you know, maybe they're nervous or whatever. But generally, it's not a great idea to start them in their debut unless me, you know, I, I will go against my own rule of thumb there and say if it's an elite prospect, I'm just too excited to roll them out, which Logan Gilbert kind of bit me in the ass earlier this year. I started him in draft and hold, and that debut did not go well either. This is the audio version of Logan Gilbert's first start. Ah! I thought that was Deary at the masseuse. <laughs> it was. No, yeah. that's, that's him if he goes to yours. Yeah, if he goes to your masseuse, that's him. He can't take that type of pressure. It's too intense. This woman's hands were like catcher mitts, man. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I didn't hit this button. Good. Our first catch of the day. I wanted to mention Patrick Wisdom real quick. I said we would tease it earlier and then bring it back. I got to keep my word here on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com at MJGovia, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, Van Lee, at Manly Van Lee, at CDeary1999, and at Nathan Dockin. That's two Ks. Patrick Wisdom, Van Lee, go. I think you play the hot hand right now. The other thing, too, is, you know, he has had a history now of minor league performance where he just crushes the hell out of the ball. There's no reason to say he shouldn't continue doing this. And he did it a few years ago. I think he was called up with the Cubs for a bit and he just raked for a bit. So everybody needs someone. Why not? I don't necessarily think this is the next big thing, but right now go for it. Deary. No, thank you. What? Okay. I like that. I mean, the guy's 29 years old. Sure. He had some good power numbers in the minors. He's got a 412 BABIP right now, 34% strikeout rate. Sure, he's hot right now. It's probably going to last another week, and then you're not, you're not going to hear from him again. There's a reason he's been with three organizations, and he's only been up with the big clubs a couple times. Yeah, but that's the point. Cash in now. I, I picked him up in a couple leagues just to ride it now. Give it to me while I got it, and I didn't have to pay outrageous prices. I was actually surprised. At least in my leagues, there wasn't, like, psycho bids for Patrick Wisdom. And if there was, I lost to it and was happy to lose to it. Uh, Nate, Patrick Wisdom plays for the Chicago Cubs, and he's hit eight home runs in his last 15 games? I mean, it's, is this is it obvious just ride the hot hand, or do we think maybe there's something more to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. yeah, I would just definitely ride the hot hand at this point. I mean, it. There's no reason not to. He's just barreling everything he sees. So, yeah, there's no reason not to just take it and run with it at this point. I mean, by the time... Hmm. I don't know without a list idea, you know? Nate, uh, I, I know you're having some connection issues. If you want to turn off your camera, if that'll increase your bandwidth or something you can do that and still be here i just want to let you know i have no problem with that so 
I support you. I did hear Adolis Garcia at the very end there. So I think the implication is, hey, he could do what Adolis Garcia is doing right now, which, by the way, what is Garcia walking at? I don't have his walk numbers in front of me, but it's so bad. Five percent. How is 4%. this still going? How is this still as good as it is? I don't get it. Yeah, he's at four or five percent. I was looking at it yesterday. We were talking about it. In fact, he hasn't well, hit no, a home yeah. run. Hasn't hit home run since May twenty sixth, and mm-hmm. he's been hitting nothing. He's been dead recently. So he's done what we <laughs> expected him to do. Finally, yes, this is exactly what Deary's listened to me say this, and Deary's been on the same path. We've both been saying Deary's obsessed with his biceps, fan. By the way, but, <laughs> I love this I mean, man's biceps. Just don't give me a bicep. massage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll tear you in half, but. Yeah, he's good biceps. I, I can't dispute that fact. He actually leads the league in biceps, from what I heard. Tim and um, uh, I was going to say Dan Ugla, but damn, he's been out of the game for Dan years. Ugla. Yeah. Like I had what are you, job. 40? Forearm. Jesus. Dan he was Ugla. a monster. He was like 5'6 and just like a triangle. Everything was up top, and then it just disappeared into nothing at the bottom. So is it over for Adalis, and when is it over for Wisdom? Two weeks on Two weeks on Wisdom? Yeah, uh, I think two weeks is fair. I mean, well, this I is completely for- un- unsustainable, Van, right? You already said that this is not realistic. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about him being still reliable, maybe giving us a home run a week or something? That'd be great, but it's not. he's not going to do what he's doing now. No, well, this is the year in particular of uh, I've got to fill this gaping hole in my roster. So who can I stuff in there? Okay, this guy's got eight homers in the past 15 games. I'll play him this week and see how it looks and, and check. So I think... I don't know, two weeks is, is a completely fair analysis before pitchers figure it oh, out. Shit. And then maybe the batting average falls down, whatever it may be. So I like that just fine. Um, but then again, possibly to Nate's point, based on what we heard, Garcia did this for a third of a season, 60-plus games. So it's possible that something like that happens. But I'm with you, Deary, in that uh, this isn't likely going to be mm, – I can't think of an example, but the player who – this is his new level. This is the guy. This is what he's going to do going forward. I think he's going to turn into a pumpkin eventually. It's just when that happens is when you need to get him off your team. It's Chris Shelton. Two weeks. Chris Shelton. Perfect. <laughs> Two weeks. The thing is, Chris Shelton was like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But we can still talk about it, right? Yes, we can. And uh, Nate, how you doing? You okay, right. buddy? Uh, I'm just fine. My internet, uh, however, is not really wanting to cooperate right now. It must be rusty because I haven't done this in so long. So we'll give it one more shot. Uh, if it boots me off again, I'll probably just call it a night. But fingers crossed. I'm crossed. Do what I can. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if you heard me. I said if you want to, you could turn your camera off. It'll if it'll help you. I'd rather have you here than nothing. So it's uh, just letting you know. Do what you got to do to maintain. So, okay. No big deal. Uh. Real quick, so, all right, we covered Patrick Wisdom. I wanted to talk about... Choice. Ray. People will come, Ray. Will they, though? You know, it might be time to sell the farm in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. I think it's time to say goodbye. And is there a point where there's no return? Oh, you know, I'm in last place. It's June 9th. Party's over. Van. When is it too early to sell or too late to sell in Dynasty Keeper Leagues? Let's say for 15-team leagues, if you're in the bottom third of that league, now is perfectly fine. You, honestly, you probably knew right away that you should have sold uh, a couple, I don't know, weeks ago. I think if you're in the top 10, I mean, certainly 5 through 10 or whatever, I would give it to the end of June. That's really when I start blowing things up and making the drastic moves. I think there's still a tiny chance you can get it. And I mean, you see 
five point swings on any given day in, in Roto League. So I think you're still probably in it if you're in that 10 spot, if things break right. Now, if your team is in 10th place and you've had everyone healthy all year, then okay, you're probably not going to be better off. If you're in 10th place and you have five of your best players on the IL, you've got something coming in the second half. So stick with it. I'll give it a few more weeks, uh, basically. But again, if you're in last place, you probably should have sold already. I just want to spice up that opinion. Well done. Uh, Nate, what do you think? Is it too early now, or do you wait till the end of June before you finally assess the sell point if your team is just losing in Dynasty Keeper Leagues? It's often more beneficial to sell off early. So if you're truly in the seller, I mean, if you take an honest look at the standings and you can't navigate away in your brain to uh, get up to, you know, at least like a top three finish or something like that, yeah. Um, then it's it, it behooves you to sell earlier than later. You tend to get uh, better returns, at least in my experience. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, if you're mid pack and you know, like Van said, everybody's deal with injuries right now. If you've been hit particularly hard, maybe you know you've got uh, Mondesi still sitting on your IL, something like that, and you've got a ton of points that you can rack up in stolen stolen base category if and when he ever comes back. You know, that's one <laughs> thing to look at. Like maybe you can jettison up the uh, the standings, but yeah, you just be realistic. Um, you know, I have been mid pack uh, like July before, and I have come back and won a league. So it is possible. It's not you know likely necessarily, but um, yeah, if you're mid pack, I would still hold and try to. I always try to win if I can, but yeah, just be realistic with your expectations. Bye, Felicia. Deary, <laughs> I think it's time to sell, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, it depends what league you're playing in. So let me just talk a little bit about head-to-head leagues. I know there's still some head-to-head league players out there and some listeners out there. I mean, just look at your roster. You're going to know if you have a talented enough squad to get towards the playoffs. I'm in 12th place in one of my leagues, but I'm only five and a half out of the playoffs. We take oh. six. We take six teams. We got sixteen player or sixteen owners in the league, um, and just looking at my team and crunching some numbers. If our league was a roto league, I'd be in fifth place. So it's just been really upsetting that I've gotten unlucky by just running into buzzsaws every week in a head-to-head. And I have a quality team. I have a team that I think can do really, really well. Looking at some of these other teams that are near the bottom, they have some really good, talented players that they could sell off, get some high-talent prospects and some really good draft picks. But, I mean, if you're within, like, 10 games of the playoffs in a head-to-head, you're certainly not giving up. But, I mean, you're going to know just by looking at your roster. Either you've gotten unlucky in terms of your guys not performing, you've run into – just tough matchups and head to head where you had a rough week or you've had guys that have just been injured all, all year. So, I mean, for myself, I'm waiting through the end of this month to see if I can climb up a few more spots. So that's kind of my analysis when it comes to head to head. (laughs) This is all of your dynasty and keeper teams trying to come back from double digit 20 games back, 80 points down and a ground ball into left field. for a a They're going to wave him in. There it is. Well, I guess it didn't work out. It happens. Uh, Chaz wants that. I know that was dumb, but I love mixing in George Kyle whenever I can. Uh, Chaz Sample wants to know, who is someone coming back from an injury soon? This is a good one. That y'all are interested in. Now, I would prefer one of you would try to avoid the big three that of the first three to be referenced, Severino, Thor, Sale. If we could try to avoid those three and maybe go a little bit outside of the bun, that would be cool. But I understand if you want to be typical. I will go to 
Deary, you're up first. Boom. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably Trevor Story. They're saying he might be back tomorrow. I'm not sure if the Rockies are <laughs> if the Rockies are trying to. Yes, he's the big three of hitters. We can do that. You didn't you didn't name off him. So you're uh, right. you they're, say, they're saying he's going to come back tomorrow from that elbow injury. What's interesting to me is Colorado trying to rush him back so they can have some trade value in him. I'm not sure about that, but I certainly need him for my squad. I've just been rotating short stops for the last two weeks here. It'd be really great if like a Brandon Nimmo could come back, a Jeff McNeil could come back, a Michael Conforto can come back. That's three guys that are all from the Mets. It seems like all these guys might be out the rest of June, which is frustrating. But for me, it's exciting to get Story back. Nate, you're up next. Uh, well, yeah, it's, like I mentioned with Mondesi, I mean, he would be the big one um, that I'd be kind of targeting if I could, waiting for him to come back. Also, you know, Kenta Maeda, the aforementioned, he's working his way back. He's uh, pitching at AAA, I believe, so he's pretty close, and we'll see. I feel like he's he was close to being what he was. Like, the changeup just wasn't quite there. The, the location wasn't quite there. So hopefully they tinkered a little bit and got some stuff ironed out with him. So he would be one that's coming back as well, who I feel like can perform a lot better over the second half for you. Maybe he can get, you know, not not to pitch in like Cy Young, Kenta Maeda, like we saw last year, but, you know, maybe a number two or three type of starter for you in the second half. I'm expecting a big second half from him. I really am. And that will never make up for the Corbin Burns error, but at least it'll make things a little more comfortable in the second half. Van, what do you got? Well, I kind of grin. I'm going to do what Deary did and give you one of the big hitters, and that's George Springer, who is apparently, oh. I guess, the hamstrings better. He should be back any day now. I have him in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to see him come back. And I'll also give you a picture. Spencer Turnbull uh, was placed on the IL with, I believe, forearm tightness. It's not structural. It's muscular means inflammation which means he should be okay within a couple of weeks maybe a little while when he comes back but he was pitching really really well for your guys's Detroit team and I firmly believe he's a quality starting pitcher he's not an ace but he's going to be a good starting pitcher and if you have him on your team you're going to be in good shape go Tigers I agree <laughs> uh, we actually dropped him in the tag team league I do with Eric Cross uh, Nathan's Fantrax buddy yeah, we dropped him over the weekend because I was concerned. I, it could be a couple of weeks, and in that league, just can't carry a lot of dead weight. We already have Strasburg. We're not going to drop, so we couldn't have too many guys. So I love Spencer Turnbull. I do. And we had when he pitched a no hitter, it actually vaulted us all the way into first for that one glorious <laughs> night. It was a great night. It was oh my god, we're in first place, Eric. Uh, now we're in fourth. We're still in it, but I agree. Spencer Turnbull is the best. I think he's the best, most not best, the most reliable starting pitcher until this injury, obviously. He's just super boring, but I mean, he's super boring is awesome in this day and age because everyone needs pitching. So I'm all for it. Wow. That is harsh. Okay. uh, On the podcast version, I really want to get to this. This is really important. Uh, I'm calling this the payback. So you're listening to the payback underneath. Uh, It's a great James Brown song, but you can't hear it on YouTube because YouTube's very uptight. Although artists do deserve to be paid for their efforts. So it's a complicated issue. It's not so cut and dry. Let's be clear about that. But should we be trading players who we think will have less of an output because there's going to be a crackdown on the spider attack or the frog shit or, I don't know, whatever people are using. There's different pictures of different things. Sunscreen is also an option. Uh, Nathan, I want to start with you. You know, you know pitching pretty damn well, and I'm sure you've been aware of this for the last few years because it's not a secret. There's articles literally written about this a few years ago. But we're going to see a reduction in spin rates for a guy like Garrett Cole affect his overall game. 
Uh, well, uh, I mean, he the 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 frog shit epidemic. I mean, frankly, is uh, it's, it's getting to a boiling point, and we do need to cut it out. No, I do. Um, uh, it seems like they're going to crack down. As far as like, I don't, if you should trade these guys, I don't think I would do that. There's really nothing that would behoove me to trade a Garrett Cole or a Trevor Bauer at this point in the season, even if their spin rates do come down a little bit. As you know, maybe they do start cracking down on this kind of stuff. I mean, how much worse are they going to be compared to anybody that you're going to trade for? I mean, premium pitching is so hard to find these days. I just don't think that there's anything actionable you can do at this point. And it's hard to say that they're really going to crack down too terribly hard as the season wears on. You know, there's that uh, big Sports Illustrated article that came out recently um, talking about all the different stuff that they use and how they say you know, 80 to 90 percent of pitchers in baseball are using some sort of you know tacky substance. I mean, so if you're going to start going after the big guys, then you're going to start going after the little guys, too. So then, every, you know, then it's a more even playing field, hypothetically speaking, whether they actually do that or not. Who knows? Maybe they just go after the Trevor Bowers, Garrett Coles, just to make an example out of the high profile guys. I don't know. I can't see in the future. I don't know what they're going to do about that. But um, for me, I'm just, you know, just fantasy wise, I'm just going to stand pat if i've got those guys i'm not going to do any uh do any trading you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play scared baby i'm just gonna go for the gusto Ooh, okay i respect that i can understand that too it probably makes more sense than trading a garrett cole out of panic we saw garrett cole yesterday as i said he had his scanners moment he really stumbled over his word and then today guilty yeah oh where's the uh oh shit come on mike you gotta produce better than this Two weeks. No, not two weeks. Shit, I lost it. Whatever. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I think I deleted it to replace it with two weeks. I'll tell you this. Pete Alonzo today came out, and he was like <laughs> taking things in another direction by saying, Hey, who cares? It's a free-for-all. Let these guys cheat. I don't want to get hit in the head like what happened to Kevin Pillar, which wasn't that simple. But, Van, I turn it to you. Where do you stand on all this, and are you actually making moves and reconsidering things? I think if there's a right move to be made, be that trading Bauer or Cole or whatever it may be, we aren't going to know what the right answer is until it's long been done and happened. So I don't think there's a way to really proactively do this. And, and Nate touched on this with uh, it's not just Bauer and Cole who are going to be affected by this if it is going to affect them. It's going to be, going to be league-wide. Now, you are still going to get players much like in the PED era of – look, I want to be a Major League Baseball player. I'm not a Major League Baseball player as it is. I'm going to do these PEDs. You're still going to have pitchers doing the sticky substances, hoping not to get caught. There's also the idea of, are they doing it every pitch? Are they putting this on the ball every single time? Or are they doing it in big moments? Is it just when they throw their curveball? A lot of moving parts here. And look, I detest Trevor Bauer, and anyone who's heard me speak knows that. I want him to get caught for this. I want him to have his comeuppance despite his white knight profile of oh i'm only doing it because i want things to be fair i want to bring <laughs> attention to it oh, bs you're doing it because you're now the highest played parent paid player in baseball i want him to get caught i don't buy the whole they announced maybe they might do this in a couple of weeks so he immediately said okay i'm not going to do it which is why his spin rate was so much lower this week and i don't necessarily buy that i think if somebody gets tagged it was what 10 game suspensions in the minors that amounts to a couple million bucks for a starting pitcher in the majors. That's significant. So I think it's going to have to happen to someone before people start going, oh, I guess I can get caught with this. 
And to Pete Alonso's point, not that there were many great points in his little speech, they want pitchers to have grip because if you don't have grip, you get hit in the face. You get If you've ever been hit with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, it fucking hurts, and you don't want that to happen. So they, sunscreen's okay. People don't care about sunscreen for the most part. It's this goo that we've seen pictures of where people put their hand on the ball like this, and it just sticks to the hand. That's too much. That's what causes that insane stink. Sink, the more stink, too. Stinky uh, the, sink. The uh, uh, spin rate to increase. That is what we have to stop. I'm totally all for stopping it. I think Alonzo was getting a little uh, conspiracy theorist with his stuff. And there's not to say there's no smoke where there's fire, but it was a little bonkers what he said. So we'll see what happens. But I no, I'm not going to trade Cole or Bauer, even though I don't like Bauer. If I have him on my league, I have him because I'm getting a boatload of strikeouts. He's throwing a lot of innings and he's doing what I need him to do, even if I think his ERA should be higher than what it is. I thought you were cool, man. I really did. And I still think you're cool. I do. But... I got to tell you, that's the other point that you just alluded to. Deary, I turn it over to you. Pete Alonso also said what I tweeted about a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't dive into it enough. But it was basically the same concept that the ball changes every damn year. There's no other sport where it seems yeah. this happens. Basketballs, footballs, unless you're Tom Brady and the Colts. I don't know what happened there, but that was the outlier. It seems like the football's generally the same most of the year and all season long from year to year. So Pete Alonso says, yeah, baseball fucks with the ball to reduce free agent dollars. Now that is even wildly. That's, 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 that's real deep. Um, I'm glad that he came out and said it. I'm sure he's not the only one who thinks this at all. I mean, I think guys are going to continue to do this until someone gets caught and then they're just going to find other ways to get away with it. They're talking about the sunscreen. That's something that you could hide better than the other stuff. You know, Van talked about the stuff that like you hold, hold, hold the ball up to your hand and it just sticks. That's a little, that's a little too much. I think they're always going to find ways to do this. I think what's creeping everybody out is how long have we been looking at spin rates? Not too long. Right. So people are, are starting to freak out. Oh, Cole's spin rate really started jumping up in the last couple of years. I'm not jumping off board and trading a Bauer or a Cole unless there's like a really great deal there. And we don't know how it's going to affect them. Even if they do stop to using some of these stuff, substances, the bug juice or the tar or whatever they're using, we don't know if it's really going to affect them. And if they're still not going to be able to perform at a high level, sure. Maybe the rates still aren't there, but I think some of these guys are talented enough that they're still going to be quality pitchers. Nate brought up the great point of the, the lower level guys that are doing this stuff just to stay in the league, similar to the PED use. And I think most hitters and pitchers are probably going to be on board with guys still being able to use something, but not something too extravagant. That's going to really change up the ball it's going to be really interesting to see like just video of watching guys try to see what they can put on the ball. You got to think about about it. How many balls do they go through a game? It seems like they get a new ball every four to five pitches. So like he really, really got to be sneaky with it. So I don't think it's happening every single pitch. I don't think it's happening with every new ball that comes out. I think it's probably occasionally throughout the game when you're trying to get some good spin on a ball and get really good grip. Now, the other point there that you were kind of alluding to that I'm thinking of that nobody mentioned, I don't believe, is the confidence factor, too. Mentally, oh, man, maybe I'm not as good without it. If they stop using it, I'm not talking about the physical reduction, but the players, they live and die by that confidence. And if it, I don't know, again, like one of you said, 
we can't tell or predict which player it'll be that's going to have a mental struggle and lose some confidence if they can't use that stuff anymore. There will be an adjustment period. So just keep an eye out for this stuff. That's all you can really do in the end is be vigilant. Does be someone get pop- Does someone get popped for this this year? Hell oh, yes. I guarantee it. Well, at least one gets hit. Yep. In the next, in, in probably the next couple of weeks. As soon as they say, because I think the MLB came out and said five, seven to ten days, we'll have a plan we're going to put in order. As soon as they say what that plan is, boom, somebody gets hit. I guarantee it. I don't know the degree of how many people get hit, but I think they're going to go hard after somebody fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there it is. Uh, we basically spitballed there and pontificated like all of you could do, but we hopefully gave you some ideas to think on that you can go deeper and dive into the world of the internet and find facts. Because believe it or not, there are facts on the internet. I don't know what you've heard recently. Don't <laughs> give up on it. They're still out there. Trust me. All right, you listen to the Hits Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. Go to rotofanatic.com, read Paul Mamino's GPS report. That's right, he picks one pitcher. One pitcher to rule them all each week. And he dives into the data. He looks at WOBA on pitch counts, how pitchers are doing, location, everything. And he tells you, hey, better days are happening or the party's over. Trust me, it's a great article. Fantastic read. Last week he did Logan Webb of the Giants. And he'll do something else Thursday. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. It's called the teaser. Teehee. All right. Uh, let's get into the Bozo section of the show. We'll do this one real quickly because you guys have both been on the show before, but I still wanted to have a quick moment of fun because it's always, you know, we've been dragging here. The show's kind of dragging and everyone's not really having fun and we don't seem to have that pizzazz we had when we started the show. So I'm trying to bring back the good times. Let's do it. To be fair, I just I simply don't like you guys. That's that's really what I'm <laughs> well, It's the most I, honest I, statement ever. <laughs> that's why I agreed to come on the show because I despise both of you. I hate <laughs> these guys. And you're gonna have Nathan on the show. Hell yeah, Van's on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't expect you to say it on the air, but hey, fuck it. Here we go. Enrico's Inquisition. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Rico's Inquisition. <laughs> well, back in January, Van came on the show. And then a couple months later, Nathan came on the show right before opening day. And it was great. We got to talk uh, French uh, French black metal, Nathan. That was pretty cool. Remember that? Yeah. We talked some uh, Alsace. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and some uh, Gojira. And, of course, their album has dropped since then, so I've been bumping that a lot. Yeah, I ended up checking that out. It was a lot of fun, so I was appreciative of that. I actually got people who don't care about baseball to listen. That was the only time I got a few of my friends who hate baseball to pop in because I said, yeah, we're talking about some good music. So that's always fun when we can make that happen on this show. And uh, Van, you know, you started this, man, and it's been a real pleasure. This Master and Commander thing uh, really started with your appearance. I'm so and glad that has continued. I, I can't express that enough. Russell's awesome with all the gifts. It's amazing. Yes, Russell Withers. Shout out to him at Armchair Roto. Great guy. Good uh, stuff, too. He actually knows what he's talking about with fantasy baseball. You should go to armchairroto.com. But apparently there's going to be a new Master Commander. Uh, no. Kind of a 
a prequel. Uh, we've gotten so much buzz. We've created so much buzz, it's man. true. You've made this happen. It is true. I'm going to start telling people that I am responsible for the new Master and Commander movies. Russell Crowe in it. Have you seen Russell Crowe recently? Because he looks like he ate Russell Crowe from many years ago. Matt, I made that same joke first time I was on, but it's still relevant. <laughs> Van's got to be we, cast in this new movie. <laughs> I, I think I'll do it was it, I'll do a Van, yeah. Would you be a yeah? Would you just be like a deckhand, you know, and I don't dive dysentery? Movies are about it's something about boats. That's all I know. I don't know anything about boats. Old school. I'm nowhere near water. When you get Van's well, hair way. wet, his hair, his Russell Crowe jumps out of, of his butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe, Master Commander. We're really looking forward to uh, the prequel, the kind of retelling of the early days of Captain Jack Aubrey, even though Russell Crowe won't be in it, but it's still a Master Commander movie. So three cheers, hip, hip, hooray for the HMS surprise. All right. I got to ask you this. Uh, we talked Taco Bell when you were on, Nathan, and... We got into some Taco Bell talk, so I want to get this on the record. Better Taco Bell menu item all time. I'll go to Nathan first, and we'll see what Van has to say. The Grilled Stuffed Burrito, which came out, I think it came out like 15, maybe 12, 13 years ago. The Grilled Stuffed Burrito or the Nacho Cheese Chalupa. Oh, my God. that's You're really putting me on the spot here. I, I know. I, well, I think so. My taste buds probably say the the burrito. Um, however, I actually named my cats after Taco Bell menu items. One of them being Chalupa Grande, so I have to go with the Chalupa in my heart. Mm. Uh, that's understandable. What about you, Van? Uh, we'll make it two for two. I this thing about Chalupas is that shell. I think it's fried, whatever it is, the Chalupa yes. taco shell. Crunchy. It's so good. It's the best part. It's very crunchy. But it has good flavor to it. Uh, the burritos, there's nothing against the burrito, but that's just, um, I don't know, it's a little too plain. I want a little more extreme when I go to Taco Bell, and that's without an E, just with an X-T-R-E-M-E. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, dear? <laughs> Chalupa? Neither of them, man. It's the cheesy bean and rice burrito all day for me. Those are pretty good, yeah. What? That's and pretty good. And, and they're cheap. Well, you're 40 now, so you can spend a little extra for that burrito. I, I promise you, it's worth it. <laughs> Gun to the head, it's probably the chalupa. That shell's phenomenal. There you go. Uh, but it's not those question. chicken things where the it's the shell is made of chicken. Those are oh. vile, monstrous, disgusting <laughs> things. Who the hell came up with that? Stop it. You don't need to be doing that anymore, Taco Bell. Wasn't that a merging of KFC and T-Bell, right? I could see that oh. there are a couple of those around here. I don't know if that's prevalent across the country or what, oh, but yeah. occasionally you'll find that. But then we also there's KFC and A&W and yeah. all kinds of other weird stuff. That's a good one right there. You get chicken and the chili cheese fries. There you go. Now we're talking. So. That's living, folks. All right, we're talking with Van Lee and Nathan Dockin here on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are inside Rico's Inquisition. We have a new question we've been asking recently, so I'm going to ask Van this first. Van, would you rather be arrested or stabbed? stabbed i would have a really good scar and a really good story for it and i um have hurt myself a lot in my life so i'm kind of used to the pain so essentially i think i could handle it now i know stabbing is particularly bad however the stories that would come from it would be great and i don't really want to spend a, a night in jail or whatever it may be i clearly i've been i don't know stealing um toys from the local toy store in this scenario that i would be arrested i don't know what my crime would be but no i yeah, would that- stab 
no one likes to talk about getting arrested, but you get stabbed, you're telling that story every day. Yeah, the only good part about being arrested is you might have a good mugshot. Other than that, nah. I didn't tell you what the crime would be. You're right. So you were wise to do that because there's a lot of crimes out there. And if you're I like, make a homicide. Do <laughs> you want to kill someone or you want to get lightly stabbed? Mm. Yes. Yes, that's true. Uh, Nate, what about you? I don't know if we asked this one to you. I feel like we just started asking it around the time we had you on. So if this is redundant, then you could tell me to you know, kiss my own ass. I, 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 you don't have to kiss anything, but I believe you. I was asked this, and I said arrested, but that, I also answered that without any context. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting arrested for or where I'm getting stabbed. We haven't asked, uh, like asked that question either. So there's a lot of context to take into consideration. <laughs> Moose yeah, nudity weird. is a crime that you've committed that you like costed a moose. Oh no! Yes. And you were nude the whole time. That's the thing. Uh, I couldn't handle that sort of shame. <laughs> I'd have to get stabbed. Uh, okay, let's try this one. Uh, Nathan, Ghostbusters two or Terminator two? Oh, Terminator two, hands down. Terminator series. Well, I, I was going to say the whole series. The whole series is not yeah, good. Whoa, Ter- whoa. Terminators one and two are among my favorite movies of all time. So. I would say that Terminator 2 is arguably the best action movie ever made. It's probably either that or Die Hard for me. But I think uh, that, that could probably be hotly debated amongst this group. But yeah, it's, I mean, I love them both, but I, I mean, you can't, like, peak Arnold right there. Uh, you that's, can't go yeah. Have you ever seen the new version of Judge Dredd just called Dredd? That's a great <laughs> action movie. No. Is it good? I It looked terrible, so I didn't. I, I watched away. it I'll... last night, and I'm recommending it to you now. It was actually like just no bullshit, like a great rock solid action film. I'm, I'm going to recommend it. I'll have to give it a look. The old one is like that's classic Sly right there. Just yeah, but super it's super over the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. People were super pissed because Sly's got to show his face, and he took the helmet off. And according to Judge Dredd, lore, you're not supposed to take the helmet off. And in this one, Carl Urban did it right. Never took the helmet off. So there's good news there. For you judge hardcore drudge dread fans, I know you're out there. Uh, how about you? Maybe this is a dumb question, Van. So yeah, Ghostbusters 2 versus Terminator 2, is it obvious? I don't think it's a dumb question. I think it's interesting posing a comedy versus an action film. And I agree with Nate. Terminator 2 is one of the best action films ever. The score is amazing. The acting is good. The story is good. The um, special effects at the time were phenomenal. And they do still hold up fairly well today. So I would vote for Terminator 2. Ghostbusters 2 has a bit of negativity surrounding it in particular bill murray dan Aykroyd, all the actors say they it was more um corporate too many people stepped in and said you have to do this it's still a pretty damn funny movie and i enjoy it it's just not as good as ghostbusters one so i think i will stick with uh yeah he's great uh he also voiced uh mr x or something or other on harvey birdman attorney at law that same actor (laughs) did a good job Oh, and Dread. Uh, to the point, I have I've not watched the the new one with Carl Urban. However, I have heard it's genuinely good, whereas the old Dread is just garbage. Except we get the I'm above the law line or whatever. <laughs> that was good. That was a pretty good slide, actually. Yeah, that was was a good... Over the top. Oh, I thought that was Angel Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> over the top. Yeah, we're gonna do some arm wrestling here before long to win custody of our children. Great movie. Great guilty pleasure. Well, Nate said over the top first and started it and got it in my head. And I knew he was doing that intentionally, but now it's in my head. I'm they play that damn song throughout the whole movie. <laughs> Meet me halfway across the sky. Every 15 minutes they play that song. <laughs> well, hey, they got I'd the rather, rights. Uh, they got to use it. That's true. You got to maximize your license while you have it. Uh, I'd rather watch Oscar personally, but you no, know, that's just me. I'm different. So, 
Uh, okay, how about this then? I want to switch it up. Nate, Godfather 2 or Terminator 2? Does that change your mind? Oh, boy. Here's where I go to jail. Uh, haven't seen the Godfather movies. So. Hey! Good, good for, for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wow, we both said good for you. That's weird. <laughs> I think, though, like, I know the lore of them. I sat down and watched the first half of the first Godfather one time, and it was a good seven hours, you know, of my life. <laughs> but um, I believe they're both considered sequels that are better than the originals, right? Godfather yes. 2 and Terminator 2. Yeah. That is accurate. So, so obviously, I still go Terminator 2, which is, you know, it's probably in like my top five favorite movies ever. So, should ask the Boop Two Boys about that. But yeah, does that change your mind, uh, Van? Are you still sticking to what you said? No, I actually will go with um, Godfather 2 on this one. Godfather 2 is generally one of the best movies ever made. Terminator 2 is one of the best action movies ever made. Now, that said, I could 100% be in the mood for an action movie and would prefer Terminator 2, but. Godfather 2 checks more boxes to me. It's it's art. It is pure art the way it was done, and it's so good. <laughs> Deary, remember the uh, Godfather video game? <laughs> I, used to, I used to play back in the Henry Street days, and you would yeah, sit on... there and hum the damn Godfather theme constantly. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation just, 2. I would do wow. that all over. I'd do that around the house all night long. It was so dumb. Every- Deary, what are you doing? Playing the Godfather game. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a good game. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it. Yeah, it was similar to like a Grand Theft Auto. Auto. You just played yeah, the storyline. It was good. That's why the Scarface game came out that same time, too. They were basically just like, oh, wow, Grand Theft Auto's got a good idea. Let's just make the movies where we rampage and kill people, depending on the period. So, good idea, video game people. Good idea. All right. <laughs> I keep. I also like doing the Star Trek. Or Jurassic oh, Park. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'll stop. I can't help myself. It's so stupid. This uh, mouth this... horn noise is phenomenal. <laughs> it's obnoxious <laughs> enough that, oh, boy, you could really ruin someone's day with that thing, I think. I like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to ask you this. This kind of relates to the BoopTube boys in a sense. Uh, will you watch a film on censored cable television van? Sure, if it's on, I'll do it. That said, I don't have cable, so that's just not a thing. Right. It's, it's or did you in the past? In the past. In the past, maybe. Did you do it? Uh, the last time I had cable, as what we'll call or consider cable, I was maybe 15, 16. I just, I, I, it's never been a thing I've done. So, mm, yes, back then. However, that's, I just haven't sat and watched a movie that's been on in years. I'm talking decade plus. It's mostly, uh, I watch it on a streaming platform. I sit down to do it or I download a movie or whatever it may be. So I'm not averse to it. It's just probably not something that will happen logistically anymore, as boring as that is. No unintentional viewings. Got it. Makes sense. Uh, Nate, what about you? I'm talking about like rated R movies where you're going to miss out on some swearing and some, maybe some violence and some nudity, which is all part of rated R films. Uh, that's the only reason I watch rated R films is to see an odd boob or two. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, what I really miss, so I pretty much know is the answer to that. I, there's, I have access to so much you know, uncensored stuff that like, why would I sit and watch the censored stuff? But um, what I really miss is the dubbed um, dialogue back in the day, like the old Die Hard movies, and I didn't know any better. I, you know, so when Bruce Willis in Die Hard is going like "Yippee ki yay, Melon Farmer," I'm like, "What? What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up, and actually, I'll give you my two favorites because I was about to say something until you brought it up, Nate. 
Uh, my favorite made-for-TV censorship is from The Big Lebowski, and it's the scene, and I'm going to curse here, so fair warning. The It's a scene where Walter's trashing the car because they think they found the kid yep. that stole the dude's car, and he says, uh, Larry, this is what it's like when you fuck a stranger in the ass, and he keeps screaming at me, bashing the car. In the censored version, he says, Larry, this is what it's like when you find a stranger in the Alps. It's so <laughs> absurd. It's amazing. My second favorite comes from one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, Snakes on a Plane, with Samuel yes. Jackson. And the line is, that's it. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. The censored line is, that's it. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. So good. I'm dying at your John Goodman impression. That was way too good. What the hell is wrong with I've seen that movie a lot. What can I say? I Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's definitely that. Lebowski one's a classic. It's so stupid. Why? Why is that movie being? I'm glad that Nate responded the way he did because it really bothers me. I don't like watching censored films on channels like that when you got the movies. If you don't have the movie and you haven't seen it forever, I can mainly understand that. But come on, you got a whole pile of... I have a friend of mine. He had a giant collection of movies all over the house. And just be watching censored shit on the TV. I'm like, why are we doing this? We get, I gotta, you want me to grab it? I'll get up and grab it. Even. I'll put it but in see, there. That's it. It's getting up. You cannot pay me enough money to get up when I've sat down. I'm done when I sit down. Right now, I will not move from this for two weeks. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> Or it's you get those Avengers movies on TNT and you have a commercial every eight minutes, so it ends up being a five hour long movie. It's like, what are you doing? You're gonna spend this much time. Oh, are you insane? Kill me now. No way. I, I, I no thank you. That sounds like hell on earth. Uh, all right, uh we'll wrap this up here. We're talking in Enrico's Inquisition here, having a little fun with the boys. You know, she's in love with the boy. That's a country song, by the way. Uh Nate, would you rather listen to country music? I'm talking um pop country like the rascal flats or oh boy florida georgia line oh. or would you rather have uh oh. diarrhea over a hibachi oh <laughs> uh, give me the diarrhea in a heartbeat I don't, <laughs> with my close family members all watching i don't care anything besides and i am in north dakota so that's it's just uh omniscient like it's just everywhere it's ubiquitous is the word i was trying to think of but uh, yeah it's uh, I, just, I can't avoid it, and I hate it. It makes me physically angry. Uh, well, I'm in Missouri. Sorry, I'm in Missouri, and it is also ubiquitous here as well. And I would, I will happily trek my way up north and shit next to Nate over that hot <laughs> grill. Because no thank you on the country music. And in fact, I know a lot of country songs because I worked in bowling alleys years ago where we play music and we have requests. And people would request some songs that I know the words to to this day. I never listened outside of the bowling alley. And I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh, I knew this song. And people will be, their minds will be blown. Like, how the hell do you know this stupid song? And it's because of bowling alleys, which are also a nightmare. About a nine on the tension scale, Rob. <laughs> and lastly, <clears throat> bigger disappointment, Van, the 2021 Minnesota Twins or the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles. Not that a football guy. Oh, well, it was a super team. They signed everybody. Uh, I think, uh, who's the guy? The cornerback from the Raiders? Uh, Asante Samuel? No, Asamu Nwa. Uh, oh, Yadi Asamoah. Nande Asamoah. Thank you very much. I'm an idiot. And it was a super team. So maybe this doesn't work. I don't know. It's well, is, is that... I can take an equivalent. So this would be like the Yankees in 98 or 99, 2000, when they would just buy all the players, that sort of team 
versus yes. the 2021 Minnesota Twins, which aren't great. It's still the Twins for me because I'm a baseball guy, but I have no qualms if teams spend money in uh, within the rules. I have no problem with that. I think a horrible narrative came, and Nate has probably heard me say this a lot, came from that Yankees time period because the Red Sox were heralded as the uh, the, the young up-and-comers. They were the Geraldo? underdogs. <laughs> Geraldo. 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 I do that every time. Again, Nate knows about this one. He's I love it. Oh, I, yep. That's a, a bad habit. Anyway, they were, the Red Sox were like, oh my gosh, they're so good. They're the underdogs. They should be. They, they had the same damn money uh, spent as the Yankees, and I hate it. And the Red Sox to this day still have people who think that they're the underdogs, and they're my most team because of that reason. They're not underdogs. The Red Sox are as bad, if not worse, than the Yankees. The Yankees at least just admit what they're doing. So I have no qualms with what the Eagles did, I think you said. Uh, I don't know about the team. It sure sounded like a bunch of gibberish names to me, but that's uh, not... Oh, Michael Vick. A lot of players. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. He did the horrible a... things with the dogs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was after that. People do try to forgive and forget. Uh, Nate, is this an easy call? Uh... Otherwise, oh, uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I hate the Eagles with every fiber of my being anyway, so that makes me happy when Ooh. they fail. Um, but So, yeah, obviously, uh, what makes it so bad this year, all right, is just having the ex- expectations being so, set so high. I just could not wait for them to extend their playoff losing streak to 19 consecutive games as they lose to the Yankees probably yet again. Um, I was really looking forward to that misery in uh, October, and we're not even going to get there because they're just total dog crap to to begin with. So, yeah, when you get your expect when you expect your team to suck and they suck, it's fine because you expected it. You expect your team to be awesome, and then they just shit the bed so hard. That's that's when it really hurts. Is Nate? Is that is a uh, is that a rivalry? The Phillies, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Cowboys. Oh yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Philadelphia, Dallas. Yeah, how is that a rival? Same, same division forever. Yeah, they're That's somehow so in the same division. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the Cowboys are in the NFC East, man. It's stupid. So, it's stupid. Yeah, they're way on the really East is. Coast. They're at, read a book. <laughs> there's, an map, NFC, idiot. there's an NFC South. They should be in the NFC South, but then there might be. Who, who cares? At any rate, what I should have done, Deary, is maybe asked. The twins of a couple years ago that were after they came off that good season and then they shit the bed and Molitor got fired. Maybe yeah. that would have been a better comparison because this seems this is not the first time it's happened in, in the last five years, Nate. It's, it really surprises me. Like I, I'm genuinely obsessed with this failure. Like they were going for a World Series here. I really believe that. I know they had to win one playoff game, like you said, to end the curse. But this is just I don't know how they recover from this. I guess it's possible, but boy, it's stunning. It's really inexplicable. Every, pretty much everyone has collapsed. I mean, there has been injuries. You know, um, losing Byron Buxton has you know been det- very detrimental. But really, the bullpen. Yeah, it's all is, pitching. It's all pitching, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much everybody. Everybody they let go in free agency has been terrible on other teams too, except for like Trevor May is probably the only exception. But um, yeah, it's just like they have never played baseball before it's weird like just stupid errors and just everything going wrong that could possibly go wrong so i, I maybe it's the coaching because i can't quite put my finger on why they're all but i was a fan of of rocco baldelli when he was hired i still am um, so i don't think that it's all his fault i don't know i don't know it's it's just baffling to me as well 
Nate, real quick, do you think that they trade Cruz in the next couple of weeks? I hope so, so they can get something out of him, and he I mean, can go should, to a winning right? team because yeah, he he deserves it. Yeah, he should be traded. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly who else they have as impending free agents that they could actually get anything out of. It'd be nice to get rid of to know, but I don't think anybody's taking him at this point. Um, you know, that's that's another thing they've done everything they've for him. You know, and uh, I mean having Nelson Cruz training Miguel Sano like at his house. As far as uh, what I've heard, you know, on in back alleys and doing, you know, be swings and in, in drug infested uh, alleys and whatnot. I don't know, but it's nothing is working at this point, and it's just time to flush that all down the toilet and move on. Those alleys sound pretty cool. I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, is there a karaoke bar nearby? <laughs> Drugs and karaoke, what a combo! Holy shit! Brian K. Rajman just said what I literally said last night on the operating room with Kev Maserizian. Cruise to Tampa. It's the only fit if they're willing to take on the money, and maybe they split oh, the money deal there. But Ron would I, love it, Nate. I've <laughs> I've adopted the Rays. I've always been like a tangential because they actually are the underdog. You know, operating yeah. in the yeah, NL East or L East with like no money. Yeah. Plus, they have some of my favorite uniforms. Yeah. So I, I I'm a, totally I will be a bandwagon Rays fan. Hell yes. I think we most of us feel, at least everybody on this show, I think generally agrees. We all love the underdog and the Rays shove it in those yank. Just what Fan described about the Red Sox faking being underdogs, that they're billionaires. Right. The Rays are truly the underdog and they get the job done. So way to go, Rays. And by the way, this is the audio version of the 2021 Minnesota Twins. Who the hell are you? We came to wreck everything and ruin your life. There I you thought you were going to play Godfrey for a minute, and I was going to take yeah, my headphones well, off. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a different direction on that you one. Yeah, you got to mix it, it up. Got to keep it fresh. Brian K. Rajma, good call on that cruise to Tampa. I'd like to see that happen. All right, so let's get into some quick stuff. We'll get the hell out of here, and we'll move on with our lives. We'll pretend this never happened. The Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by rotofanatic.com. Nathan Dockin, Van Lee, C. Deary1999, MJ Govier on Twitter, at Nathan Dockin with two Ks, and... At Manly Van Lee. That's Manly without an E. It's M-A-N-L-Y. Very important. Very important to get that. All right. I, think it's <clears throat> I might be wrong. You know, all the, those years of uh, English lessons and, and teaching might have been wrong, but I think it's just L-Y. I don't know why I'm talking about this. It doesn't matter. I, I did a I did a podcast earlier today that's a new thing brewing. It's a secret mm-hmm. right now. It's not mine. And I... Uh, I talked for an hour and 12 minutes straight with no, like, bounce off. There was no host or anything. I just talked for an hour and 12 minutes straight. So the voice is uh, getting a little raspy here. So hang with me, folks. I appreciate your patience on the, hey, it's Rico Palato, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. All right. America's fastest growing game show. Name that runner-up fab bid. Deary, you're going to lead us off. You're going to show these guys how the game's played. It's really simple, folks. Everybody can play along at home. Bring the family around the internet tube. Settle in. Let's all play along. Deary, take it away. All right, uh, I'm going to actually go to the Rand Slam League that just oh. had uh, fab bids come out last night. Final cut line bids at NFBC were last night. That's correct. Uh, biggest bid on the board, Adolis Garcia, winning bid $901. What is the runner-up bid? <laughs> okay. so Mike, gonna, Mike, Mike why don't you show them how it's done? Yeah, I'll go first. So Let's get one right. This is a $1,000 fab bid budget still, but it's cut line where there's only two, right? There's two fabs? There's just two fab bids, yes. So, so this there's is, big bids out there. So if the 901 was the winner, I think somebody was going to go for it. 
but they only had 887. I'm going 887. That's my guess on the runner-up fab bid. Uh, Nate, why do you want to take a stab at it? I'm going uh, with uh, the Mark of the Beast, 666. Ooh, very good. Ben? My, I'm befuddled by this. Okay. Yeah, it's the two-time fab bids. You only do it twice a year, you know, two fab periods. So that's still happened recently. So they've seen the last few weeks of what Adolis Garcia has done, right? That's what mm-hmm. I would guess. And then you said almost 100% of the budget. So it's clearly higher than I would have guessed because I wouldn't spend that much ever at any point, even when he was hitting. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do the Price is Right thing and screw Nate over and say $667. Oh, Mike is over, but the closest. Mike guessed 887. The runner-up bid was 803 to 901 as the winner. 803. Not bad. Not bad. Good call, guys. You guys played the game well. All right, I'll take it next here. Let's go to my uh, main event league, guys. I made a terrible decision and decided to pony up for a main event league this year for the first time ever. What a fool I am. A lot of lessons to be learned from that. (sighs) God, I need a job. Uh, let's take a look at the fab results here. I'm going to give you, remember, this is weekly fab, of course. Main event runs every Sunday night. $1,000 budget for the season. Let's go with Jorge Soler was dropped last week. So he was bid. And the winning bid for Jorge Soler was $88. Deary, give me the runner-up fab bid for $88 on Jorge Soler. 15-team league. This is your main event league, right? So people are certainly paying attention. Not like Solaire just went under the radar. Winning bid was 88, you said? Mm-hmm. $67. 67 Over to you, Van Lee. I think people are going to look at that Jorge Soler .44 batting average, whatever atrocious number it is, and, and just nope out, particularly in a, a uh, expert league like that. And I'm going to say $15. <laughs> okay, Nathan. Um, I'm still surprised is uh it's all this low but i'm gonna go with 54 dollars. all right actual retail price 77 was the runner-up bid no whammy no whammy no whammy no whammy very impressive 77 dollars close so, Turn off. Turn off. yeah nice job for his 88 bucks uh i bid on him but i wasn't gonna bid that high he's just he's jacked up right now and we've only seen one true season ever where he did what he did so maybe that's the outlier i don't know well, could be crazy uh would either of you gentlemen like to play around i or... understand how it works so i i just as we were doing this looked one up so i have a player for you yeah all right let's do it man all right so i and this is just a random fan tracks league it was the quickest thing i could pull up uh 14 team league Frankie Montas went for $89. Montas, formerly one of Nate's guys, who has just been awful this year. What do you think the runner-up bid was? 89 was the winning bid. Hmm. Deary, why don't you go? I'll go first, I guess. Uh, 89 was the winning bid? That's mm-hmm. that's all. That's fair. I respect that. I'm going to say, uh, based on his performance, 52. How about you, Deary? What do you think? We'll go with 44. 44. Nate. 35. Let's see. You were all under. 
and Mr. Govier is our winner. It went for $75. So actually kind of close to the max bid. I, I don't think that's too surprising. Everyone needs pitching. And I mean, he was pretty damn good a couple of years ago. He's just been awful since. So we'll see what happens. Mentos, the fresh maker. Uh, somebody asked. Montas is not the fresh maker. He's a disaster. Uh, okay, that's good. Uh, Nate, did you want to play around? Are you good? Um, sure, I can play one with special rules because this is a low bid. Um, because the winning bid was just twenty dollars. This is in the prestigious Dynasty Dynasty Baseball League. Oh, I won't and look it up at all then. Now, don't you do it? No cheating. <laughs> so um, I was the runner-up, and I so this is a fifteen-team Dynasty League. Uh, 20 men major league rosters, 20 man farm system as well. And Chris Gittens was called up and he was not owned. So um, he went for 20 bucks. What was the next highest bid? It was me. Thank you. Go ahead, uh, Mike. All right. You said it was 15 was a winner? 20. 20. Thank you. Uh, I'll say 12. I will go next. Um, 13. I actually, 12 was going to be my guess, but you stole it. So I'm sorry. I'll go with seven. It was $1 by me. <laughs> Almost, buddy. I was right there. I was going to say zero, but you said you had the runner-up bid, so I knew it was low. This is, and- by the way, in this league a couple of years ago, it was towards the end of the season, I accidentally messed up a bid. And it's a hundred dollar fab league, and I spent twenty one dollars on Austin Slater when he was nothing. He was nobody. He didn't do anything the rest of that year. I still think of that, and it, it irks me when it happened. Good God! All right, final second of the show, and we're gonna get the hell out of here and move on with our lives. Rest of season. Would you rather? We all love playing. Would you rather? You played it drunk with your friends. Would you know? Would you rather? You know, sit on a bed of nails or you know, put a hot coal up your butt. You know, things like that. Crazy, crazy stuff. I, I, I party with some hardcore people. That's my experience. I don't want to go to your parties now. This sounds <laughs> no, horrible. You, no, you don't. Hot pokers really? and butts. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. I have no judgments about that. That's just not oh, something no. that's on my radar. Of course not. Of course not. Absolutely. I'm with you all the way. All right. So would you rather rest of season? It's real simple. One or the other. We give you two players. Everybody make a choice. You're stuck with them the rest of the year. So it's important that you hang on to that context. First one's uh, big time players. Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Now, I think this is a reasonable one because Mookie Betts has kind of not really been Mookie Betts, but he doesn't have the same excuse, in my opinion. I know he's had a couple of dingers, you know, a couple of things that have slowed him down this year, but Mike Trout has the flat-out calf injury that has devastated his season. And unfortunately, when you mix that in with 2020 being a short season, being the bozo season that it was, I really feel like Mike Trout's Hall of Fame status is going to be lock, and, you know, lock, stock, and barrel. But the numbers he could have accrued are being a little bit minimized, unfortunately. So, Nate, let's go to you first. Mookie Betts or Mike Trout rest of season? Yeah, this is, um, gosh, it's hard. I think I will just go with uh, Trout because he was just rocking it uh, while he was in there. You know, it's still going to be a while before he's back. But, man, it's it's hard to really love uh, what Mookie's been doing so far. 6.1% barrel rate this year. Oof. 
He's just not hitting for average. Uh, it's not, you know, a total burner. Five steals right now is fine, but, and that's, you know, probably you're going to get more steals with bets, I would say, than Trout the rest of the way. But, I mean, yeah, I, I got to go with whatever Trout's going to give you over the second half. Yeah, that's a fair point. Trout had a couple of steals. He was starting to run more, and then he got hurt. So that would probably limit his desire, possibly, or the team's desire to have him run. Uh, Deary, let's go over to you. Trout or bets rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, I know it's going to be a bit for Trout to come back, but I'm still probably going to go with Trout here. Where's the power with Mookie Betts? He has five home runs. He hasn't hit one since May 18th. It's been a huge letdown for a lot of people. Average is not there as well. So I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Hopefully he comes back early July, you know, a little bit after the All-Star break and, uh, you know, all cylinders firing and uh, comes back and can really help a lot of teams out. So it's going to be Trout for me. I don't think that... I don't think there's anything in Bet's profile right now that says that, oh, he's toast. He should be, he's obviously this bad. Like, eh, yeah, the exit velocity is down a little bit, but it was down last year and he still crushed the ball. I think everything looks pretty much the same with Mookie Betts, except for the counting stats. So I think that he's going to come back in a big way the second two thirds of the season. So despite being the Angels fan here, I like Mookie Betts. He's going to steal more steals or a premium. That's not to say Trout won't steal. I think a big knock on Trout over the last few years, people have been like, well, Acuna is going to steal 40 bases. Okay, are we sure he's going to steal 40 bases? And then they would also say, well, Trout doesn't steal bases. Why? Why does Trout not steal bases? He's still insanely fast. I think he will steal. However, I think Betts being able to play for these few weeks and will course correct is the guy that I'm going to go with. So I I will take the opposite and take Betts here. Yeah, I drafted Trout with the... Expectation of steals definitely still happening. I didn't buy that narrative, but you know, he got hurt, so I lose. All right, next one up. Kenta Maeda or Luis Castillo? Real simple. Deary, lead us off. Castillo or Maeda? Rest of season. Oh, man, it can't get any worse for either of them. Maeda should be coming back next week for McGroin. I mean, the encouraging thing over the last four starts, Castillo at least has made it to the fifth inning. He had a, an 11 strikeout game. Unfortunately, he has one and three during that time. I think it's going to be Castillo for me. I think we've seen more from him over the last three years. Uh, obviously, Maeda was excellent last year. But what does Maeda have to pitch for? I mean, the Twins are going to be absolute trash. Reds are still going to be able to pound the ball in that yard. So I think it's going to be Castillo. He's going to continue to get a little better. It can't be any worse than it is right now. Um, and, and I've said it for the last couple of weeks. I think he has a big June. There's still three weeks left in this uh, month. So hopefully Castillo does start to turn it around and uh, – it's Castillo for me. Vanny. I have never really been a huge Castillo supporter. I never quite bought the strikeouts to degree that they became the last couple of years. 11.44K for nine in 2020, 10.67 in uh, 2019. It was closer to a strikeout an inning. Before that, it's down to 8.18 now. He's a sinker ball guy. He's not quite the blow it past him kind of pitcher. I don't buy that he was the strikeout artist he was in previous years, and I'm just not that enamored with him. All of the pitching metrics say four and a half, four point two ERA, and he's better than that. But I just I don't see the upside that a lot of people see. And again, Nate is uh, definitely understanding of this because he's heard me complain about Luis Castillo for years. That's not to say Maeda is this elite pitcher and he's a surefire bet to be amazing, but I do think he's more steady. And I think he'll get back on track, whereas something just might be off with Castillo that I don't know gets corrected this year. So I'll go Maeda. I suppose it's on me then. Um, 
uh, you know, Castillo's velocity is still down, kicking back up a little bit, but um, I think that that is at least a, a glimmer of hope for Castillo. I feel like his likely, um, uh, not you know, his his likely ceiling over the second half is probably higher than what I would expect from Maeda. So if I'm going to swing for the fences with one of these guys, I guess I would probably take my shot at Castillo with the tiebreaker being that he's in the National League. Oh, all right. I like that. Bottom line, Nate. That's what they used to call him in high school, bottom line, Nate. I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not. Well, it was bottom line, Nate, is actually how you would say it. (laughs) Bantam? Were you a bantamweight once upon a time? I guess you probably were once upon a time. Uh, (laughs) Cedric Mullins or Austin Meadows? Cedric Mullins. People keep waiting for the party to end with Cedric Mullins, but it just don't stop. It's a Cedric Mullins, and there ain't no party like a Cedric Mullins party because a Cedric Mullins party don't stop. So tell me this, Van Meadows, who's been on a roll too. Well, these guys are hot. Who are you going with? This is the first one that is truly, to me, roster dependent. And Nate had a good point on Castillo versus Meta. If you need to swing for the fences and have an ace on your staff, probably Castillo to go with that. I don't necessarily know if that's how it's going to pan out, but that's the guy who probably can't have the high ceiling. In this case, it's strictly do you need speed or do you need power? because Mullins is going to run. Meadows, I just don't see running a whole lot, but he has more power. But I buy Mullins. I think what he's doing is pretty much legit. I think he's a 2020 threat. I compared him to uh, Ramon Laureano a couple days ago on the show, and Laureano has uh, some great value. I think Mullins will continue having that value. So I really like Mullins, and in a vacuum, that's my choice. But if I do need more power, Meadows is the guy who could hit 30 home runs this year. Nathan. Yeah, in a vacuum, um, go with Mullins because I would say more teams are steel needy than power needy, so that that would have me lean Mullins. But yeah, this definitely looks like a, a true breakout. Three seventy one Babbitt. You don't expect to hold over the course of the year. It's not like he, um, yeah, he's really been balling out so far and stealing bases, and he's you know he's not a zero in the power. He's not just a flat burner. So um, yeah, I it's. Weird to say, but I'll take Mullins. Wow. Dearie. You know, initially I was leaning, leaning towards Meadows. Both these guys have been amazing over the last month. They're both batting over 300. I mean, Mullins the last month is batting 340. I think the big difference here is, sure, Mullins is probably going to steal 25 bases, but he also is probably going to hit 20 home runs. So unless Meadows hits 35, I think maybe the tip goes to Meadows, but I think it's Mullins right now. I mean, Mullins probably going to end up close to 300 in a batting average. Meadows has been has been moving up in batting average, but he's not going to get close to what Mullins is doing right now. And I think if Mullins goes 25-25, I think it tips over to Mullins, and I'm going to take Cedric Mullins. I like both guys a lot, but I, uh, it's amazing to say I'm going to take Mullins. One thing I want to point oh. out real quick that I forgot to say is – I'm ready to say that Austin Meadows simply can't hit left-handers. I was kind of anti that. I said, okay, he should play. He should be able to attempt to try to hit lefties. He's just bad against them. He's hitting 177 against them now. So maybe he's not quite getting the playing time Mullins will, whereas Mullins is hitting 311 against lefties. So he's still hitting same-handed pitching better than Meadows pretty much ever has. So that's another factor, too. Maybe we get 500 plate appearances out of Meadows, and we get 650 out of Mullins. Is a Meadows career 246 hitter against lefties, um, but it doesn't seem to be getting any 
improvements. That's a good call. Good call. Nate. That was early on too. You're the not first Nate. You're Van. Up. Sorry about that. So. Either way. Yeah. No. Early on, and I think that first couple of years he came up was when he was hitting 280, 290 against lefties, and the last few has just been atrocious against lefties. I think, and they're not really playing him against them either. So I think they're kind of done with that. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, speed round these last three. We'll get the hell out of here. Uh, Stomont or Yimi Yimi Garcia. Stomont or Yimi Garcia. We'll go back to you, Nate. Yeah, so uh, I'm going Yimmy here. Yeah, he was one of my favorite stashes or uh, in my draft and holds from this offseason. I got a, a lot of Yimmy. I also had a lot of Anthony Bass. That didn't work, but at least I had a lot of <laughs> Yimmy to back it up after the, a really, really rough uh, start to the season for all of those teams. Yep, shout out to Chris Marr. Give me a tip on Yimmy in the preseason, and it really paid off, and I've been happily, happily rostering him ever since. Ah, uh, dearie. Yeah, it's Yimmy. I, I wish the strikeouts were strikeouts were up a little more. Um, he's had one really big blow up, which, which kind of hurt his ERA. He still sits at 2.63. Uh, Stalmont just walks too many guys. The control isn't there. He's already gone to the DL twice already, so it's going to be Yimmy for me. I'll make it a three-peat. I'm going to take Yimmy. I'm not sure Stalmont is the guy who has the job the rest of the year. Not necessarily because I don't think he can do it. He's perfectly capable of it, but they really like Greg Holland still. For some reason so i don't trust the royals in that regard the marlins i think will let garcia be the close of the rest of this year probably half of next year and then they trade him because the value is too high what did, you, what did you have a few drinks this morning huh I, I think you did didn't you no we can't prove that john so no all right real quickly Adbert azale who's been fantastic unfortunately just went on the il with a blister issue but blisters heal he'll be fine so it's nothing serious or luis garcia the stellar Breakout year for him with the Houston Astros. Luis Garcia of the Astros or Adbert Alzale of the Chicago Cubs. We'll start with Deary. I'll go with Garcia. I think he's going to get more innings down the stretch than Al. Al, Al I can't even say his name. I just might as well say yeah. AA. So I'm going to go with Luis Garcia oh. and that great lettuce he has. I don't think he's, he's cut it yet. So well, AA has helped a lot of people. So that's fine. Uh, Van, let's go to you. It's. Garcia, the only concern I have with him is that the Astros are one of two teams in Major League Baseball who have too many pitchers. That's the only two teams. And the Dodgers, essentially. They just sent Kristen Javier, the bullpen. That's amazing. Javier would be on the starting staff of any other team. So there's a little more risk there. They might shuffle them in and out. However, I think the talent's a little bit better right now. Yeah, that's that's the same point I was going to make uh, with Luis Garcia. That's the only thing you have to worry about is whether the Astros are actually going to manage his innings. But this is going to apropos to what we were talking about. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, to ask, answer the question, easily Luis Garcia for me. I actually bumped him up 30 spots in my SP barometer this past week to 45. And that is one spot in front of Luis, <laughs> Luis Castillo at 46. So an impromptu question to you guys, who do you want the rest of the season, Luis Garcia or Luis Castillo? Mm. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Castillo <laughs> because of the innings. I, I will have an innings concerns eventually for Garcia. That's my quick response. Castillo's going to roll out there every day, so yeah. Uh, three Ps, yep. It's Castillo for that very reason. Oh, there you go. Well, that was yeah. great. All right, and finally, to close it out here, the final analysis Paven Smith or Ryan Mountcastle? Paven Smith of the Diamondbacks or Ryan Mountcastle of the Orioles? We're going to start with Van. Okay, so Smith, when he kind of was called up earlier in the season and we were discussing him on different shows, hey, should this be a guy you 
have on your roster. He had five home runs. Do you know how many home runs he has now? Five. Five home runs. That's it. Five. He can't hit for power. He has no power. So I, I think if you need just a bland, empty batting average, Smith is great. I, he can even provide a little bit of OVP. However, if you need a shot in the arm and need some power or fantasy stats, go with Mountcastle. And that's not to say I like Mountcastle. I just don't necessarily like Smith. Uh, Nathan, what do you think here? Yeah, it's weird having uh, Pavin Smith and David Peralta on the same. It's like they're the same <laughs> fantasy person. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'll just echo Van's sentiments there. It kind of depends on what you need at the average. You can go with uh, Smith, but if you want the category juice, you got to go with Mountcastle. All right, Deary, do you like the juice? You got a guy who rarely strikes out in Pavin Smith, and then a guy who rarely walks in Mountcastle. Mountcastle's Mount 3.3% <laughs> walk rate. Mountcastle has finally come around here in the last month. He hit an amazing last couple of weeks. He was AL player of the week last week. Uh, I held on to him on a lot of leagues. I think that average is going to start to bump up. He certainly has the power to hit 30 home runs, so it's going to be Mountcastle for me. I knew it, and I actually just picked up Mountcastle in my TGFBI league. Somebody let him go. I paid $187. That's right, I did. I paid $187 for Ryan Mountcastle, and I'm very happy with it. Very, very happy. All right, we did it. We've done it. The show's over. Thank the sweet Lord. Good God. What a endurance. Trial that was. But we made it through. I want to thank the guys. We always do. Van and Nathan, we brought them back together. A nice little... You know, a little tribute to two guys that inspired me to start podcasting. So I figured, why not return the favor, have them back on, and we all talk about baseball together. That's a pretty cool thing. That's why fantasy baseball can be fun. It actually can be fun. So as we close out the show, we say farewell. Van, say whatever the hell you want. Thank you for having me on. I'm sure I speak for both Nate and I when I say it was a pleasure, and we appreciate it, and we'll happily come back anytime. We'll find out if he echoes those sentiments. Uh, check me out on Twitter, at Man Van Lee. Listen to all of my thousands of podcasts, in particular the Boot Two Boys, which is a ton of fun. And just to give you a couple examples of shows we've also done on there, we did ALF. That was a yes! series that I hosted. Yeah. Ooh, hey, Alf Willie, is, where's the Alf cat? Is, yes. Yeah. Hey, where's the casserole dish? I'd like to eat the cat. And we also did Walker, Texas Ranger, where I played a lot of Walker clips, which is, oh boy, oh boy, there's a whole lot going on there. Columbo, which has been the one show. I don't know if any of you watched Columbo. Of course. It's awesome. Columbo yes, it is, is amazing. Absolutely. I did not know this. I thought it was Very just good. another dumb procedural, but no, it's awesome. So I've fallen in love with Columbo. And then, you know what? A spoiler. This is not revealed. We're in the middle of Hercules and Xena week. Xena's coming out tomorrow. Next week, we haven't revealed what the show we're doing is yet. We'll reveal it on the uh, the Xena show coming out tomorrow. I'm going to reveal it to your audience. We are doing 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Any of you seen that? Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, I thought yeah. 21 yeah. Jump Street was like a, a comedy. It's not a no. comedy. It is like a police <laughs> procedural, and there is some heavy shit on that show. And it's... Uh, ooh, the two episodes we watched really surprised me, but it was a, it was a lot of fun. So 21 Jump Street coming up next week. Nice. Yeah, they made the movies comedies, but the, the show with Johnny Depp in the 80s certainly was not. And that's probably what confused me because that's exactly what I thought. And then the first episode we watch is about um, uh, there's these military guys who are on some military base and they keep leaving at night to go beat up gay people because they're they're um, homophobes. And Jesus. it's it, yeah, no, it's dark. But we, we, you know, obviously talk about the message of the show and how important the message was, as well as, you know, make fun of some of the stupid stuff that's on there. Yeah, it's from the 80s after all. Richard Grieco's on the show too. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of fun to have with Richard Grieco, but I prefer 
Peter DeLuise. That's the guy I like to make fun of the most. But that's just you me. mean Penhall? Oh, boy, that big <laughs> meaty guy with his mullet. Wow, what a character. <laughs> oh, dear. you know, two things I thought of when you mentioned all those TV shows. Uh, Xena Warrior Princess, Deary, it reminds me when she had the nip slip at the Red Wings. <laughs> she did the national anthem oh, yeah. for the Red Wings yeah, Ducks right. in the playoffs Forgot about in the 90s. That, yeah. I, I, like I got a, a huge... I got a good story about Lucy Lawless. So a couple of years ago, I had a kid working for me. You know, he's working summer camp. He was a, a group counselor. End of the year, uh, he asked a couple other counselors out to dinner. And they go to the chop house. He walks in with his mom and his dad. His mom's Lucy Lawless. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> wow. These kids were blown away because, like, they knew who she was. And they're like, holy yeah. shit. Okay, now it makes sense. We're, we're, we're at the chop house in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Oh shit! Wow, that's wow. pretty cool. This kid, this yeah, Lucy Lawless's kid worked for me for eleven weeks. I had no idea until the last day. And the, <laughs> the other thing I thought of was the Walker Texas Ranger. Have you seen the episode where the kid has AIDS? I, I played it as a clip on uh, in Twenty One Jump Street episode to ease the tension because it Good. got a little too <laughs> tense. But yeah, no, it's uh, CD, the weird bartender, the old guy who looks like Wilfred Brimley. He's like, "Pardon my French, but I'll be damned." And they're all like, "Ha ha ha!" <laughs> Walker told me I have AIDS. And that's exactly, <laughs> I'll pull up a clip. No, you guys feel free to, to do whatever. I actually have it handy. Right, <laughs> of course you do. Of course, yes, of course he does. Nathan, closing it out here, buddy. Uh, say farewell in your own words, of course. Farewell in my own words. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. It uh, means a lot. feels good being back on the air with Van, with you. And, uh, Deary, this is the first that uh, you missed the last time I was on. So it's the first pot I've done with you. is an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, yeah. So you, everybody can check out my work at Fantrax HQ if you want some uh, horrible starting pitcher rankings. Go look it up. That's the best place for it. Okay, here you go. Pardon my French, but uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> That's Haley Joel Hoffman, by the way. It is, yeah. Wow. Oh, I, I don't get that. At, okay, whatever, right? Yeah, I've seen the the clip of it too. It just doesn't make any sense. It's... Walker determines that he, he <laughs> Doctor Walker. It's it's a bad power to have, but you know sometimes people have to do the the things you have to do. Maybe I'll pick a Delta Force movie in the next month or so oh, on God, the Seven Nine podcast. Those are so bad. Or Delta Farce with Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, didn't get a proper response there. All right, so uh, what's next? Uh, tomorrow, I'll be on the RotoWire podcast with Scott Jenstad. That's cool. Uh, I've never been on that show. That's fun for me. Thank you, Scott. I'm sitting in for the legendary Jeff Erickson, who's on vacation right now, living the good life. So good for him. And then, uh, I don't know, something else will happen this week. Uh, Deary, uh, C. Deary, 1999. Deary, what are we doing? Anything else? Yeah, we'll do a show Friday night. Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. Uh, we were going to have Tony on from Open Bar, but he's on vacation, and he was just getting back from vacation, and he was too close to call. Uh, so don't worry about that. I want to put a shout-out, though, to uh, Brian and Ron. These guys are great. I do remember you. We had some great times on the Dynasty pod and talking Nasty Cast and all that. So good times, fellas. I want you guys to know that. I'm thinking of you. Thank you for your time on your show. And every time I've been given an opportunity to talk with somebody else, it does make a difference in my life, and I do appreciate it. At MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. At CDRE1999, at Manly Van Lee, at Nathan Dockin with two Ks, the Plotsville Podcast, two L's, two Z's, Plotsville Podcast at ProtonMail.com, RotoFanatic.com. We got all the good shit for your fantasy baseball team that'll change your life. Until next time, Van Lee, Nathan Dockin, Christopher Deary, Michael Govier. Enjoy your life. Our prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a 
sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> this is the story of the Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.